What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? I hope everybody's uh, staying safe. It's been a little bit since the last podcast we did. This is going to be podcast number 10 with uh, Flatout Investments and WTS Dynamics. Uh, today, we have a really cool guest on. We have uh, His name is Lee Dennis. Uh, Lee is a, uh, well, he was, I would say, a Ford guy, but I think he's a little bit of a Ford guy and a Chevy, and I think he's a high-performance guy. He's like, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. As long as it's badass and I could, you know, have my fun with it and go out racing with it and be serious, I think that's what's important to him, just like all of us. Uh, we all kind of in that in that section of, of, of car guy and car girl. So that's pretty awesome, Lee. So, Lee, dude, you got your uh, your monster back here in the background. This is ridiculous. Yes, sir. Uh, it's, it's great to have you on the podcast, man. I'm, I'm glad you kind of just, you know, I reached out to you the other day. I saw the pictures that you took on Facebook, which were pretty awesome pictures, actually. And then I was like, oh, dude, Lee, let's do the podcast. You're like, yeah, sure. And you <laughs> let's do this. the podcast. So that was super cool. Awesome, man. So let's, uh, so we got, uh, we both have, uh, our, our four topics. Uh, I want to just before anybody, you know, cause I think everybody's be like, holy shit, look at that fucking thing. Okay. I actually have a question for you, Lee. Do you, and huh? I think we talked about this before when we, uh, when we had that first conversation, this is not that same car that was uh, on 1320's video, right? That ridiculous, like, 3,000-horsepower car. No, this isn't that car. But this one was on 1320 video. Oh, it was? Okay. It was, cool. yes. Awesome. And the car, as it sits there right there behind you, what's, what, what, like, what is it making? I mean, do you even know what the car's making at this point? Like, I, on, I haven't had it on the dyno. When I got it, it, uh, it was limited by the fuel system. Okay. Um, I've got a fuel system in it now. Uh, I'm waiting on dyno time to get it tuned, but it'll be around 12, 1300. 12 like or 13. And that's kind of like what you're shooting for. Okay. Right. Cool. And the, the turbos, cause they look, I mean, they look ginormous sticking out of the engine, but I think it's just the way that they did the piping. Um, uh, what, what size are they? It's twin 66s. Okay. So 66s. So yeah, that's 1200. That's, that seems about right. I think you could probably push them to 14 maybe with, with E85. Uh, that I'm going to 85 and I'm really just kind of, I'm kind of thinking they'll max out around 1300. 1300. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of power in a C6. So that's going to be pretty insane. For sure. Um, it's still, it's still a manual too. So. And it's still a manual, which I have, I salute you for that one because you know, the whole automatic thing. I mean, I, well, your, your Shelby was also your, no, your GT500 obviously was automatic. It was forcefully automatic. Right. Well, DCT. DCT. Right. 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 Obviously. Um, very cool. And let's, let's kind of go over that for, for a little bit. The, so you, you literally just recently, what was it? A, I think it was a month ago, two months ago was when you got rid of the Shelby GT 500, right? Right. Last month, same day I picked this car up is when I got, I got rid of the GT 500. Awesome. And like you were just telling me right before we started recording, uh, so you kind of walked into the, the dealership. Was it a Ford dealership? No, actually it was crazy. When I, uh, the guy that bought my GT 500 owns the dealership. Um, okay. when I, when I delivered it to him in Arizona, and when I pulled in, man, it was just like, it, it literally looked like a car meet. There's so many badass cars just everywhere. And I right. was, so I walked up to him. I was like, man, I was like, would you guys have a meet just for the delivery or something? He's like, no, these are the cars we got for sale. Awesome. <laughs> so That's I, amazing. I, I actually, I made a joke. He had a, another C6 sitting there. I was like, man, he's like, I'll tell you what, give me this car in 70 grand. You can have the GT 500. Right. And he's like, man, he's like, this one's sold, but I got another one inside. You might be interested in And that's when he went and showed me this one. <laughs> <laughs> and when you looked at this, you're like, okay, yeah, this is definitely more down my alley. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was, and it was just a joke at first. And I was like, man, that thing is kind of sweet. And right. I still, I was, I wasn't looking to buy another car yet because, you know, I have some stuff going on right. and I just, I really wasn't looking to. And then we just made a deal, man. I couldn't pass up. 
Yeah, no, of course. I mean, you see something like that. It's it's and it's just sitting in front of you. It's kind of like the universe, like, hey, you you better take this thing. This thing's insane. Right. Um, very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, so the Shelby D five hundred you had for a, a period of what two years? A year? A year. I was one of the first people to get it. They came out. They started releasing them uh, end of November, early December last year. Right. Awesome. So that's pretty amazing. You were one of the first. Yeah, I think you, we had talked about that as well. And your GT500 was no stock GT500. You had that car at least, I think you had told me, 1,000 plus horsepower, right? It was. So I made 1,083 without the nitrous. That's ridiculous. And it was a full bolt-on car, no cam, right? No cams? No cam. It wasn't even full bolt-on yet. It still had the factory manifolds. Um, I mean, it had a lot that I could still have done to it. Right. It, didn't even have, it didn't have the smallest pulley. It had a 2.5 pulley. They make a 2.2 pulley for it. Yeah, but that at, 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 sometimes with those those small, I mean, have you have has I unfortunately have been out of the loop for a little bit. So I mean, you you'd be a much better person to tell me. But the smaller pulleys, because I I came from back in the day the the you know the Terminator Cobras. I had my my own, and I I went down that same alley of all you know those those exact boltons that go on the Shelby's the Shelby GT five hundreds now. And dude, I had the smallest pulley that you could make for the upper uh, for the upper pulley, the supercharger pulley. Dude, it ended up biting me in the ass. I ended up overspinning the rotors and baking the. Uh, there's like a film on the rotors that is supposed mm -hmm. to basically make the rotors like an airtight fit, and it ended up baking that film that was on the rotors. Yeah, they do create a lot of heat. Um, that is the reason why I say with a two five. Um, right. On the dyno, they make a whole lot of power, but when you're on the track, I mean, that's just creating so much heat. I right. was already fighting heat issues as it was, so. I didn't see a point in going to a, any more boost from that that blower. If I had kept the car, I would be I would be waiting for the Whipple right now and just do it sure. that route. Yep, for sure. And then uh, let me ask you the the Chevy five hundreds. Do they have? Because I mean, obviously, like you just said, they they uh, they unfortunately this is the biggest problem with you know a, a top mount supercharger root so supercharger they make. They just unfortunately that's their biggest drawback. I would say is that they make so much heat. Um, when you go with E85, did you see a huge difference in, in intake, uh, intake temperatures? Well, I actually, so the car got tuned on the day after I got the car. Okay. And then the nice. next time I really had anything done to it, we went straight to E85. So okay. I, I really don't know, um, what would have been before and after as far as intake temps, but I wouldn't think that it would change. It would change the um temperatures in the combustion chamber but i wouldn't right. think it would change the intake temps at all right 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 that's but you are right. able to obviously run more boost and more timing with the 85 just because it is cooling the the uh um the cylinders down exactly yeah and i think it's one of the smartest thing i mean i remember back in the day when i was with my terminator and e85 was just kind of it was you know they had the evo the evo eight guys were around and they were really going crazy with it testing it out they had companies like ams that was going crazy with e85 and at that yeah. point, it kind of exploded. Then the GTR guys got on it. That some of the underground racing Gallardos at the time were the fastest cars of the time, actually, of the exotics. They got on E85, and then that, from that point on, it just it just exploded. It was one of the best. Right. I mean, in my opinion, it's 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 obviously it's it's better than C16 because C16 is so expensive. Right. Um, and that, you know, that is the thing, man. It's it's. I mean, you don't get you don't get quite the octane, but you get the cooling effect. Exactly. So I mean, it, it's. I would say. Like my car I had before the GT500, mm -hmm. um, I built it in 2010, and that's kind of when E85 started becoming a thing around here. Right. Um, and I just like I, you know, wasn't a whole lot of people tuning on it and all that, so I went with or the uh, C16. Right. And you know, looking back, I was like, man, I would have made so much more power. But 
I mean, that car was already on C16. It was making 1100. So yeah, that's a lot. Of, I mean, that you're, when you get to the thousands, I mean, I know today, you know, people throw that number around them, but dude, people don't realize like a thousand horsepower, like some of these, like, for example, your, your Shelby 500 I think you told me that your Shelby was one of the highest from the guys that you took it to. I forgot the name. What was the name of the shop? Palm Beach Dino. Yeah, Palm Beach Dino. They did a, I mean, they're supposedly right now, they're getting huge because so many people are like guys with uh, the Shelby G350s are going to them and they're getting installed. The, the I think they have a kit that's a, an 850 kit. It's 850 of the wheels, a yep. bolt-on kit. Absolutely. Kit. So they really, I think they really know what they're doing, whatever, whatever. Yeah, man, Ken at Palm Beach Dino, when, um, when these cars first came out, man, he got so excited about this because he's been big in the Mustang world for a few years. Okay. And he got real excited just because these things are, it's new, it's a new platform. Right. And he knew what these things are going to be capable of. Right. And so he got on YouTube and reached out and was like, hey, who's going to have one of the first ones? I want to get my, I want to get my hands on it. So I reached out to him and he's like, come on down. So I went, I came down from Indiana all the way down there to Florida to Palm Beach. Right. And I spent, I was only supposed to spend two weeks down there. Ken talked me into spending the two months um, almost. Two months. <laughs> two <laughs> months in uh, Palm Beach. But I mean, it was, it was December, January and February. Yeah. So, so those I are mean, good months to be down here. Yeah. Cause I mean, honestly, right now in the middle of December, I'm surprised that I can even be outside right now just because it's normally 20, 30 degrees today. Right. So today it's actually like 50 something. So it's not real bad. So it's not that bad. Yeah. But, yeah, um, it's, it's, but being in Florida is, you know, 90 degrees. So it was way better when you first get your GT 500 uh, to be in Florida. So trust me, Miami, I, I've been here for 27 years now. I, I still don't even understand how I've adapted to that. Like basically no season for, I mean, it's no seasons. It's just one month of nice weather, maybe, you know? right um so like this just two days ago we finally hit 50s and it's like oh shit we hit 50 that's it we're not gonna get any lower than that so that's, that's just cold out there yeah it's it's i mean it's it's very cold but and people act like they're crazy man it, it gets to 70 and people come out with like fucking they look like they're going to a, you know like alaska it's like what the hell is wrong with these people but that's what happens when you have 90 100 degree weather all year round and then a little bit of cold weather right. sits and people just go crazy yeah, but that's really where when I left there, it was uh, I think it got down in the 60s and people were doing the same thing. They just out there in their co winter coats. and stuff. I'm in my shorts. Exactly. You know? But <laughs> I'd already been there for almost two months. So I felt almost acclimated. I was actually kind of cold at 60 degrees. Right. Imagine. Yeah, you were you were kind of adapting to what, what we do here on here. I'm, I'm like you, man. I, I like the cold. I, I, I've never had a problem with I mean, with with, uh, with cold weather. I love it. And obviously for the cars, supercharged cars, turbo cars, man, there's such a huge I mean, it's called, you know, that's why when the weather hits it, it, those degrees, people call it the cold weather. It's like crack for any force induction uh, component. Yeah, it's boost weather. It's boost yeah, weather. man. Exactly. For so sure. it's, and I remember when I had the Terminator, it was the same thing. When I mean, we were just like waiting for December just for that little bit of cold weather. And you'd go out and dude, you, instead of like with the Terminators, especially, um, you know, you'd, you'd go two, three runs before you'd feel the, the heat soak. Mm -hmm. And the second that I mean, you could do 10, 15 runs, you know, before you started feeling the the timing getting pulled and because of the weather, uh, the, the heat. But that's really cool, man. So uh, awesome, dude. I, I can't believe it. Like I said, when you posted the picture, I'm like, holy shit. Let me ask you, Lee, have you ever been? Ha, are you like a diehard Ford guy? You're a diehard Chevy guy? Or you're, di you're a diehard car guy? Um, I'm, a, I'm a car guy. I've been a Ford guy pretty much growing up. I'm not really a Ford guy. I've been a Mustang guy. Okay. Um. You know, I've just always loved Mustangs growing up. I liked the classics. Um, my dad and I were going to redo a 60s Mustang for my first 67. car. That never happened. But 
but that was the plan. I mean, I've, I've just been a Mustang guy my whole life. And awesome. don't get me wrong, like, I love any platform that you can really make fast. So, right. like, even, like, right now, my truck, I've, I drive a 2019 Denali Sierra. So, I mean, nice. I'm, not, I'm not partial to Ford. I just, you know, I buy what I like. Right. Yeah, that's, I think that's very important. That's something that, I, that I've, a lot of the guests that I've had on, uh, we kind of go over that. And it's something that I think, I think now it's, it's strange. It's, you have, I don't know. I don't know if it's more of a division. Maybe it's, I think it's maybe less of a division, but there's still those people that are just like Ford, Chevy. And it's like, eh, you know, why don't you open up your brain a little bit? It's not, I mean, I get it. They both all, all these manufacturers have their advantages and disadvantages, you know? For sure. Um, and I still, I'll still be that guy. I'm like, you know, I'll still poke fun at everybody else. Like I don't, right. I, I don't discriminate. I'll poke fun at everybody. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. But uh, dude, that's awesome. So the Shelby, so you went for the Shelby and now this thing is just so, so your plans are ba basically 13, 1200. Uh, this is going to be running on, on E85. And then the, I wanted to ask you the, the setup itself, as far as the, the internals, are they, is it fully built? It has to be fully built, right? So I'm actually getting ready to pull it apart because I mean, I was told it's fully built. I saw it's a 416. Okay. Um, but, and the, but there's no paperwork on it. Exactly. Uh, so I will be pulling the motor, at least pulling the heads off. Um, right. I'll probably scope it first. Right. Just to, just to see if maybe I could tell if it's been built. Um, but I'd rather be able to see, you know, get under it, see the crank, you know, just, right. just see what's going on. Um, you know, go from there. You know, I've got, it's wintertime here. This is like three, four months of downtime for us. So I've got awesome. nothing but time. You got the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's I'll, good. I'll pull it apart. I'm probably going to throw on the dyno, um, beforehand just to get any 85 tune on it. Okay. Um, and then just to kind of see what's going on and then we'll pull it back apart. Um, you know, right. and just make sure, ensure, ensure it's ready for the, the big power. Right. I'm sure that like, even a stock LS3 will make a thousand horsepower, at least on a dyno. All day long. With just yeah. a little bit of boost, so that's yeah, that's awesome. And so yeah, you want to make sure you can see the maybe the rods and the and even the well the crank no, but the pistons and the rods to see what they threw in there. Right. Yeah. And if it's not built, I mean, I'll, I'll be doing it, sending it to the machine shop and getting it done this winter. Okay. Are you are you uh, have you well with the Shelby? Well, actually, no. That's a good question. Actually, have you before the Shelby? Uh, did you ever go through a car where you actually had to build the internals with with the with the setup that you went with? So I did on my previous car that I said that I had uh, on C16. It was a 2005 Mustang. Okay. And I did. I blew the stock motor in that at like 32,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened? You were spraying? No, it was turbo. I was one of the first uh, three valve turbo guys. Nice. And um, you know, just lifted a head on it. Right. It's still just, I run a completely stock bottom end at about 600 wheel on the three valve. And I don't know how much you know about three valves, but they don't really like that. They don't. Uh, they never so, did. <laughs> so I, I lifted a head, blew a head gasket, and just destroyed that block. It was it was bad. Did you? But you didn't. Yeah. Um, this didn't go through the rod or anything, so it's not. Oh yeah. no, it did. Oh no, oh, it did. A rod went through the block. It took out a piston. It was bad. Holy um, shit! Yeah, I think it just because with the boost and then it, you know water doesn't compress. So of course. So um, it, fuck you! I'm expanding and goodbye. Yeah, I'm sure it steamed that cylinder and just yeah. it went. Um, so I, I reached out. MMR ended up building me a short block for it, but I, I did everything else. Um, nice. You know, I did. It was crazy. I did it on the floor in my garage. No lift, hey, anything. Those are those are those are some of the best times and the worst times. I mean, if you're if you're mechanically inclined and you can handle it, 
and you, and you enjoy it, I think most importantly, it's, it's, it's awesome because the result you get to say like, Oh, who built it? I did. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. I got, I got a new level of respect for you because I, 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 me and my friends back in the day growing up, like I said, before I got the Terminator, I had a friend of mine who had a Fox. Uh, we did something similar, dude. It was hilarious. He had a little Fox body, nothing crazy convertible, but we, he wanted to do as much as he could at the time. And we had a friend of ours, uh, actually he's, a. a probably the smartest guy I've ever met that had to do with mechanical engineering. He was top of his class here at UM. Um, dude, literally, literally in his backyard with nothing, no cover, no nothing. It was actually in December, so it was cold. And we just, for six hours, we put in a cam. Um, what else did we do? I think we did uh, long tube headers. We just did all the bolt-on shit, you know? Right. And dude, at, at literally, like we had to test it. it we, we finished around 5.30 in the morning and we had to turn this thing on. And obviously the, the it's open headers. Like it's, <laughs> you know, so like my friend's name was Raheem. I'm like, Raheem, you know, we have to test this thing out. He's like, dude, we're going to wake everybody for half a mile. It's like, I don't care. Let's do it. So we <laughs> we turned that fucker on. It, it, it cranked right over. No problems. And we shut it right off. And then around 6.30, 7 o'clock, we, uh, we took it to go get, uh, you know, like the, the headers uh, welded to the, to the exhaust that we had done for it. So it was, it was fun. Um, it, it, he ended up falling asleep. Like me and it was me and Adrian just kind of doing most of the work. I mean, it was, but it was fun, man. We still have videos of that shit. And it was, it's, those are some of the greatest times, you know. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to do it, you know, without a garage. This one I get to at least, uh, my buddy owns a big shop and okay. I get to use a, a lift. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the smartest way to do it. you don't want to do it on the floor in your garage it's it's it can be you know you could you could find yourself getting a, a wrench and just beating the shit out of your anything that you can find because it right. get very frustrating but um cool man well let's uh let's go through the questions you sent me some good questions so we'll we'll cover i'm going to shoot you your first question and then we'll go over to my side okay. um so kind of went into this but you know the first question i gave you was um how you came to the decision to get into the world of automotive modification, as well as the history of your car ownership throughout the years. So I think that's maybe we can cover first the the ownership part, and then we'll we'll cover the other part. Okay. Uh, so you want to cover like the cars that I've owned throughout the years? Yeah. Like what? Like starting from the first high performance car that you had. The very first one I had was um, an '85 Camaro. Actually, okay. I take that back. My very first vehicle ever. So my dad. Um, you know, I grew up actually really kind of poor. Okay. But my dad had great credit, so that was good. Um, so he took me over there. I, I kind of, I kind of feel bad because I, I bitched a little bit, and he uh, felt bad, so he went over and he ended up getting a loan on this little '95 Ford Ranger Splash. Okay. And, nice. and and back in the day, you know, that was a really cool vehicle. Like everybody wanted one back yep. then. So I was like, I this is awesome. Yep. And so I got it, and um went over there and like I ended up he got the loan on it but I was making the payments and that's it, a that's a good deal you know that's yeah a fair deal. it wasn't it wasn't bad at all being 16 years old I was grateful you know awesome. and you know I got it and I had no idea there was anything done to this thing no idea whatsoever and it, it was making a weird noise so I was like well what the heck's going on and I never even popped the hood on it I, you know when I drove it off a lot never popped the hood on it never right. done anything and ended up popping the hood. Somebody had thrown um, a turbo on this nice. two, three, four cylinder Ranger. That's awesome. Um, and it ended up, it was like somebody took an, the, you know, the SVO Mustangs. Yeah, I remember the SVO four cylinder mm -hmm. turbo Mustang. Yep. They took it. That was what it was. Is a the turbo kit off of an SVO Mustang. Yeah. So it matched up pretty good. I mean, it's a good, yeah. it's a good match. 
And um, so that was my very first performance car, which I mean, it probably only made like 250 horsepower, but. Yeah, but still 16 years old. Hey, that's a start. Yeah, I mean, and back then, I mean, the light truck, I mean, it was it was quick. Like, it was a very quick little truck. Um, and then I got rid of that. Well, I, I say I got rid of it, but I actually wrecked that. And um, <laughs> I got an 88 Mustang. Okay, nice. And it had a four-cylinder in it. And it, that didn't last very long. I ended up building a 347 with my dad in the garage. Okay, And awesome. threw that in there. Um, had that for probably two years. Uh, almost two years, okay. and then bought an '85 Camaro that I was building as a regular drag car. An IROC. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the good old IROC days. Yep, and then ended up. So my uncles all had uh, race cars, like actual race cars. Okay. And like NHRA they, they dragsters, or um, they had some of them had dragsters, some of them had um, circle track, dirt track, nice. uh, stuff like that. Cool. And then so I we. They, I got a 454 from one of my uncles for free. Nice. Um, and then another one had a rotating assembly just sitting there. So nice. we made it as a 496. And then another uncle had uh, a set of dart heads just chilling on the shelf. So you let there. Yeah. borrow those. Um, <laughs> and the only thing I really had so to buy on Frankenstein that, motor, man. But that's that's a that's a, that's a good size. A 490. That's you know that's a big fucking motor. It has a 496. Yeah, it's a big motor. And then. Um, I, the only thing I really had to buy was I had a buddy who had an 871 blower sitting around. Okay. And so I bought that. And then I had another uncle that had a couple of uh, carburetors that worked for it. Mm-hmm. And so through those, I threw it all together. After all was said and done, um, I mean, the car made a little, little over 900 wheel. And this is back in, in the 80s. 2000. No, I'm about oh, old. 2000. No, I'm a, I'm only 37, man. Come oh, on, you're 30. Yeah, that's right. Me and you are exactly the same age. I'm going to be 37 now. So, sorry, uh, I, threw, I threw you on the bus there, man. Yeah, like I was born in '83, bro. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, man. So that one, I mean, in, in you know the early 2000s, I mean, 900 horsepower for a street car, which that was, was a unheard. shit ton, dude. That yeah. nobody had 900 horsepower in a street car. Nobody. Nobody. Very I little. mean, and it, so I had that. Um, then I kind of got out of it for a little while. Yeah. Um, I bought a probe, 93 probe. Okay. And built that. That thing was ended up being the highest horsepower 93 probe in the world. How much power? Uh, it wasn't a lot. It made uh, 600 and something, 612. Yeah, that's definitely enough to be the highest horsepower one. Yeah, but it, but they didn't make any so that there was no transmissions that you could buy or anything like that. Yeah, there was so, nothing for that car. So, I mean, it was, you know, the only thing you could do is, you know, throw together some Mazda parts to right. build, make it a little bit stronger, but they were all still stock parts. Um. But I mean, it, it was definitely a, a contender when I when I built that. Um, then I had I've had a bunch of Mustangs over the years. You know, right. some of them stayed pretty much stock, just you know, bolt-ons and stuff, nitrous. Yeah, I was uh, just gonna ask you any nitrous cars. Yeah, uh, my well, my last GT500 had nitrous on it. Okay. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. You were spraying a 175, right? You told me. No, it only had a 75 shot on it. Um, <laughs> it just I was out of fuel system. Right. So, yeah, but a seventy-five on 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 top of the boost. It, that's all you need, right? Yeah, and then I had uh, my 05 Mustang. Nice. Put that back. Go back a little bit. I had another eighty-nine Mustang. There okay. was a three forty-seven with nitrous, nice. and that's it. Made like seven hundred a wheel. Oh, fucking badass! And then I made, and then I had built the 05, and you know it, it was probably on the dyno. It made a thousand thirty-six at twenty-six pounds. Wow. Uh, 
we turned it up to 32 pounds, never put it back on the dyno. Um, you know, I, and then I was, I mean, that's, that's a good lot. amount of power, dude. That's a lot of power. Thousand horsepower on that car is, you know. Yeah. That car, and, it, and that was still a manual. So it was a handful. Right. That car was a freaking handful. Right. Um, even with, you know, I had the best suspension that you could buy for those cars. Yeah, but it's and, a stick axle. So we, <laughs> what, you know, you can't do too much with that. I mean, it's going to do what it's going to do. Yeah, it wasn't, it didn't do the greatest. So right. um, I actually, I sold it. I got out of it. became a family man for a while. Had a fiance. Um, you know. Did all that for a little bit, and then you know I'm single now, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get something cool. And then they released the new GT500, and I was like, man, I gotta have it. Right. So that's a nice jump because you went from literally, oh, you said 05, right? 2005. Correct. So 05 to a brand new 2020 Shelby GT500. That's that's a nice jump. Right. Well, and the thing is, so I bought the 05 and 08. So I mean, it's. You know, it, when I've had the vehicles, I've always been like newer. But I've had that that '05 man. I had it from '08 till 2000, probably 16, I think. Okay, so that was probably your longest, like, your longest run car. Uh no, the Pro man. I had it from '99 <laughs> until. Oh man, I didn't get rid of it until 2016. Oh shit! So you had that for a while. Nice. Yeah, I had that for 17 years. Nice. Hey, if it was if it was fun, you were having fun. Well, that's what's important, man. You know. And just and what ended up happening is I was it broke, and I was always having to fix stuff. So right. I just it was always always sitting in the garage. Right. And it wasn't worth anything to sell, so I just let it sit there. Yeah, you just yeah kept it. And then I ended up ended up putting it back together, fixing everything, and I sold. I sold. I got like seven thousand dollars out of it. Dude, seven grand out of a pro, but that's something to talk about. <laughs> I mean, but a, a seven grand out of a six hundred horsepower car was no. Was, I know that's that's that, not a lot. I that hurt. That hurt a lot. I mean, I had forty grand in the car at least. Right. I was just gonna say you probably had twenty, thirty into it. Yeah. Um, cool. And then so then you so the last so that's a nice collection, dude. That's a nice run of cars, and you kind of have been building yourself up, except for the other car that you said that the 05 that had the um, thousand. But you kind of. You kept at a thousand. You went from a thousand to a thousand with the Shelby, and now you're gonna have a thousand or over a thousand now with the C6. Well, I think that the Shelby with nitrous was around twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Okay. So it's. I mean, obviously you have a good amount of experience as, as far as what a thousand horsepower people. Dude, I I don't think people really understand what that number means. I mean, I know that you can go on YouTube, and especially today, you see so many thousand horsepower streetcars. But dude, there was a time where it's like a thousand horsepower on a streetcar. That was fucking like that's NHRA numbers. Right. You know, there was a, a thousand horsepower is no joke. And obviously, I know like companies like Underground Racing that have made it very accessible for the exotic uh, market, the exotic industry. Which is I I salute those guys. Those guys are fucking are just those guys are badass. I mean. The last car that they just do, they're at 3,500 horsepower in their Hurricanes. It's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but honestly, I, mean, I would love to have one of those. That's, oh, that's, yeah. that's a gold car. That's a gold we, car. We all, we all want a 3,500 horsepower Hurricane. Trust me, including myself. I've been. Oh, did you see the new, uh, the new, uh, the new Hurricane that they released now, the STO? No. Dude, it looks like, okay, do you know the Veneno? The Lamborghini Veneno? Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, it's basically, it's like they grabbed portions of the veneto like it's got that fin that goes down the middle of the of the rear visor of the rear uh, window and sto oh my god i'm gonna shoot myself for not knowing this sto stands for i gotta look this up it's a specific built car they're gonna make 
I think it's going to be probably less than 200 units. Uh, hold on, give me one second. I'll tell you what it stands for. It's pretty amazing because it's it looks ridiculous. It looks like a it looks like an Eve on steroids. Okay. Um, here, so I should know this already, man. The other day I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even know what SEO was. Um, yeah, I've never heard of it. It's pretty amazing. It, it goes back to their uh, heritage. Uh, hold on. SEO. Should know that. Oh, there it is. Super Trofeo Omologata. So it's basically like a homage to their racing series, which is the Super okay. Trofeo. It's fucking, dude, it's amazing. And it's going to have, um, I believe it's 700 plus horsepower. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Um, and it's just the and part. What's crazy is what those things do with 700 horsepower. I oh mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like that 700 horsepower is going to be, you know, like a stock GT500 makes 760. Right. But right. That that car is going to walk. Right. I think it'll absolutely on a straight line. It'll walk that GT500. Yeah. Well, the, the thing with them is the four wheel drive system. So it's six, it's 631, right. 631. But it's still again, there's going to be some now, guys. From a gonna... roll, it might the GT500 might do well. Right. But just from a from a dig from any kind of stop, I mean, that's going to be a nine second car. Yeah, exactly. All day long. So it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it basically gets all the the, the they got the per, so they, they they had the Performante, then they had the Evo, and they're like, okay, how do we make this even crazier? So that's where they came up with the STO. So it's just it's absolutely amazing. And what you're um, saying about the, the thousand horsepower thing, like imagine back in the day. Remember back in the day when eleven second cars were fast. Yeah. Now you have nine seconds. Nine cars seconds, and they're not fast. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, nine seconds is a standard. It's a new standard. It is absolutely, and that's ridiculous uh, to say but that, that that goes to show for the technology i mean I remember when i was in college i actually wrote up a paper uh that that really it was it was something that i wrote up that had to do with the industry where it's going how far it's going to go how far things are going to get pushed and this is back with the terminator days you had the c5z06 which was not the c5z06 was a transition to like chevy trying to really start getting serious about making the z06 just that much more competitive and more badass and getting some more technology in there and really making it into a car that could actually fight against all the exotics, you know? Right. Um, and they did so with the C606. When the C606 came out, it was like, holy shit, this is a very, I mean, it was a very well-engineered car. Um, so it goes to show, like I said, the C6 you have standing now, I mean, in, in the background, dude, that car, the technology that went building that, the engineering that went into just the C6 by itself as a platform is almost as big as a jump from the C7 to the C8. You know, yeah, except know for the that. fact that C8 obviously is a, I mean, it is a supercar now, but besides that is what I mean. It's, it's, it's really an amazing transition. And, and, and to tell you the truth, the C606, dude, it's one of the best buys of the century. Um, you know, you, you can find them for like 20, 25, like maybe with 30,000 miles, even less, you can find them for $25,000. That's, that's ridiculous. I yeah. Around here you can't, there's no way. No, up here one with thirty in the thirty thousand mile range. You're looking at mid thirties to almost forty thousand here. Oh, around forty, yeah. I mean, it depends. You have to find that person that is kind of okay. I got to sell this car now, and you know, it's right. kind of doing it. But I had but a friend. You won't find them in the twenties unless they have eighty plus thousand. Eighty miles. exactly above fifty, sixty thousand, correct. But even that, man, it's a four twenty seven. I mean, if the car it, there was, I mean, you know how it is with car ownership. You know, you could have a seventy thousand mile, uh, you know, garage queen that literally will be much better car than a car that's got 20,000 miles that's beat beat the fuck out of right so it's all about ownership and maintenance but um all right so we're gonna hop over to my question so she asked me about okay so you told me about the tell me about this collection of race cars and supercars that you have for sale it's a fantastic question I, i'm glad you asked that so um 
basically I've been, you know, I've been a car guy probably like you and most of our listeners. I've been a car guy my entire life. I, um, I mean, literally my, my first word when I was three years old was car before anything else, water, mom. So, uh, you know, I, I've been a diehard car guy my entire life. I, I decided that, you know, going to racetracks, going to drag racing events, going to all the car events, and I started meeting some very, some VIPs that had some really ridiculous, insane car collections. Um, and I started deciding that, look, you know, some of these guys would come up to me, hey, do you know anybody that wants to buy my car? So f- that kind of grew into like, well, maybe I should start making a business out of this and start getting serious about it. Um, so it's been about six years, AG Supercars, uh, which is my other company, has been around for about six years. And slowly but surely, like I said, going to the Cars and Coffees now that is, is very, I've gotten just blown up all over the world. Um, you start meeting some really amazing people and interacting with them at racetracks and, and at these events. And a lot of them, sometimes they, they don't, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's convoluted because uh, most of these guys, they're kind of divided. A lot of them, what they'll do is that they'll go down to a dealership and only trust the dealership to tr- find them uh, a real buyer. Um, the other half will actually allocate people like me that just know the people that are looking for these cars and we'll put two and two together. And we'll give them the, you know, give everybody the ability to sell the car, buy the car, and 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 you know, you can make a commission out of it. Um, okay, so these are all allocations. Yeah, these are all they're, allocations. They're, they're not like you don't own the the lot of cars. It's kind of, um, oh, what do you call that when they, uh, when they give you the car to sell? Yeah, uh, commission based, and it's 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 yeah, it's basically uh, it's one of those things where yeah, I mean, I wish I I had some of these cars, but unfortunately, I mean, some of these cars are uh, I, yeah, I told you that like ridiculous stuff like the I, I seen all the what was the Porsche I saw on there? I can't the nine seventeen. Maybe no, I don't think it was a nine seventeen, man. I think it was a nine nine six. Was like one point five million. Oh, that's right. The you're talking about the nine nine three. The the yeah the GT yeah nine nine three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the G. That's a very special car. That's it's a 993 GT2 Evo. I mean, there's less than a hundred of those in the world. Um, there's also the RSR, the 3.8 RSR. I think you saw that one as well. That one is also uh, close to 1.5. Um, there's less than 45. There's literally 45 in the entire world. Okay. So I try to concentrate on the super, super insanely rare uh, cars because the thing is that in this industry, I don't know if maybe you've spoken to some people that have done this. Dude, it can get really crazy. What has happened is that technology has made it available for a lot of people to kind of just think that they're trying to be a, well, I hate the word, but broker, uh, like a supercar broker. And because of technology, it's so easy to share information and digital pictures of certain cars and this and that and and proof of life pictures. Uh, People get a little crazy and they think, oh, yeah, I'm a broker. And they start trying to, you know, they start putting this shit everywhere. They like, they explode it. They try to put it on Instagram. They put it on Facebook. And that's. That doesn't do anything except burn you, burn the car. Um, and that's kind of the thing, man. These guys that have these cars, these these ridiculous collectors, dude, they're very private people. You know, they're right. not trying to put it out there that they're billionaires or multimillionaires. They're very private. And they're just trying to make a sale without making too much noise. Right. Um, if you don't want to be that person, then obviously, you know, most of the guys also, what we're talking about, go to the dealerships or they go to the big uh, high-end auctions. Um Barrett Jackson, um, Meekum, and some of the pricing gets, it, that's one of the things that kind of fucks with everything is the pricing can get really, it can get shot up to the sky only because there's this guy that's got, you know, a hundred million dollars in the bank about paying a tenfold premium for a car that he wants. 
So that's actually what drives up a lot of these prices on like, let's say the, the hypercars, like the LaFerrari, the P1, the 918, um, the cars that are only meant for the VIPs. And um, uh, the manufacturers have actually gotten very serious about limiting people that buy these cars. Like, I don't know if you know this, right. but with Ferrari, uh, they're very specific. Like they literally, you have to sign a contract when you purchase a car from them that for two years, you are not allowed to sell the car. Right. And, for and, they, and within that contract, team. man, they have uh, like you can't modify the car either. Right, you can't. Right, can't modify the car. There's, a, it's very stringent. It's very, and I get it. So now you have manufacturers that are copying that formula. Uh, you have people like Aston Martin, even though they're not as bad as Ferrari. You have people like Porsche uh, that they don't go that crazy, but they still do tell you, hey, look, you know, you can't just buy this car for a profit because it's become more of a, a of an investing platform, you know. Uh, the LaFerrari, dude, it's crazy. I had a LaFerrari. It was a triple yellow car, uh, very rare. I think it was a one of four or five that they made in triple yellow. And, dude, it was crazy. The car went up to $9.5 million for an Aperta. That's a lot of money. Uh, you're talking close to McLaren F1 money. Um, and I'm not saying that the, Mc the LaFerrari is not technically worth 9.5. I mean, it's an absolutely car, but it really isn't worth that wow. much. It's just the... The, the price we gap. had we had one here that i mean we sold it as like 2.5 million yeah yeah that was that's like cheap yeah <laughs> that was actually, like i think, I think it went to florida actually um there's a black one and like it was at a dealership here right. and like this dealership is so cool because you can go in there and all these cars that they have for sale they have them on display and you can actually it's like a museum you can go in there and walk around and you don't have to be purchasing a car you just go in there they just let yeah, anybody go in there and look around yeah, sure. that's cool. It's nice to have dealerships like that because I mean, most dealerships today they're they're not very uh, <laughs> they don't well, really yeah they're pretty <laughs> welcome to everybody because sometimes you just don't even know you know. Um, right. There's a there's a couple of people out there. I mean, you know, multimillionaires. They try to literally they'll dress like most normal people. They sometimes they'll dress like a bum on purpose. Right. <laughs> to kind of disguise the fact that they got so much money in the bank. And then so they can't be, well, I don't want to say racist, but they can't be uh, discriminatory to any of these people that walk in. Right. Um, but it's nice to have a dealership that welcomes people. Hey, look, you know, this is an amazing car. Anybody can come in and check it out. It's really nice. It's always nice to have dealerships that way. Um, yeah. but the, the, So uh, that's some of the cars that I've dealt with. Uh, the 917 is the other one that, that, that I thought you were talking about. Yeah, the 917, that's a car that I'm still... Man, I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to find someone that'll pay the thirty million dollars that they're asking for the car. Oh wow! There's a nine seventeen. Yeah. Was that the was that the race car? That's the race car. Yeah, that's the car. Okay. It's the car that won the Ma in nineteen seventy. Right. That's what I thought. My my uh my cousin actually has an exact replica of one. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! Um, like he, he he built one like a replica of a nine seventeen. You no, know, he didn't build it. He actually there's a company in Michigan. Okay. Uh, the builds replica um, race cars? Porsches, race like cars. vintage race cars. Wow. Um, cool. He's got that one. He's got a uh, oh, this a Porsche Speedster. Um, nice replica. Those cars. Yeah, those are beautiful. Super and nice. you know, he's got both of them, and they're both beautiful cars. Yeah. yeah and they're, they're, and they're they're exact replicas. I mean, down to um, like they actually they in this at this place, you know, they actually replica everything from scratch. Um, it's not like a fiberglass body. It's an actual metal body. Nice. And what about the, is it a two wheel chassis? Like as far as the chassis goes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's an actual functioning car. It's not just some, you know, shit like put together. Oh yeah. No, it's an actual functioning. He can take it out and race it. What's crazy is you think, 
oh, it's a race car. These cars really aren't that fast. Right. Um, the 917 is quite a bit faster than the Speedster, but the, I mean, that Speedster, I think you go out here and buy a Focus, and a Focus will probably beat in a straight line. Oh no, for sure. Yeah, the Speedsters are, were never meant to. But the 917, I, dude, that thing is that thing had a thousand plus horsepower back in the in the 70s. Okay, I don't, I don't think his has that much. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean it's 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 a ridiculous amount. Of, the thing with those well, cars, it doesn't is have an actual it doesn't have an actual Porsche motor. You know? Right. So that, what, what's it rocking like a like a V8 or a? It's a V8. I don't know what it is though. Okay. Yeah, that's usually what, I mean, with replicas, that's usually what you would do is, you know, throw something with some good power and torque and, you know, to have fun with. But I, think, that, I mean, but, I'm sure it makes a 600-ish. Yeah, but still, it's a cool car. It's, you know, I mean, when people see it, probably they freak out. Oh, my God, it's a fucking 917. Holy shit. I'm sure. I mean, most people don't know what it is. They see it, they right. don't know what it is. Yeah, the 917, you have to, I mean, people that know, know. People that don't, they'll be like, oh, what is that? I don't, I have no idea. There's, you know, you look at it, you're like, well, it's obviously a race car, but what race car? Um yeah. Yeah, the 917. That's got to be a one serious collector. Well, I mean, the thing with these cars, man, is that you you, you know you think of thirty million. That's like a such a crazy amount of money. But then you have to you have to take into account everything. You have to take into account this is a piece of racing history. Um, Again, car that won Le Mans nineteen seventy. And there's people. This is the actual one from Le Mans. Oh yeah, this is the car that won Le Mans in nineteen seventy. Okay, that's 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 why it has a price tag. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The value of that's only going to go up. I mean, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, for example, the other ones. Uh, there was a couple of famous ones. There was one that Steve McQueen actually uh, raced it in the in the movie Le Mans, and that car, um, that car sold for I think it was uh, five, six. It was close to seven or eight, but it wasn't that high. Um, and the and the 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 race cars that are out there, they're on the market. They're in the they're in that range, you know, from five to some of them can go up to twelve. But thirty millions, like you better have something very special with this, and it's. Again, it's chassis four. It's the car that won the Mod nineteen seventy. So that that's kind of asking. It's like okay, we'll put a ten million dollar price tag because it's a nine seventeen. It's one of the most pristine, well kept nine seventeens of all of them. And then we're going to add twenty million because it's a piece of racing history. So right, and we actually have um, a guy here found sitting just in a junkyard, uh, one of two of the original four GT uh, supercars from sixty six. This is actually a sixty six, yeah. I believe um four gt but this time this one is one of two that had an all aluminum body holy um, shit worth, like millions it's worth millions absolutely yeah. it's it's up there at 20 million probably yeah um the other one doesn't exist the other one got wrecked destroyed so this is one of one in existence what happened to the car um well he completely restored it okay and it now is sitting in his collection i mean holy uh, and, and you it was, do you know the guy um, I know of him. Okay. I mean, I don't know him personally. Right. Maybe we um, could, uh, we can maybe, you know, have him on the podcast. That'd be amazing to have him on the podcast, talk about the car. That'd be sure. awesome. He's, he's kind of private. I mean, I can reach out. I, I sure. actually know some of his friends with him. So, um, cool. I can reach out and see if we can make that happen, but you know, I can't promise anything. No, no, no. But I the thing you. is, it's, it's absolutely freaking ridiculous. And it had, so the reason why they actually had it on the test track over there at Lamont. But they right. didn't reuse these as race cars because they went to the 427, right. and this one has a 289 in it. Uh, but this 289 makes like 600 horsepower. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a race motor. That's awesome. And what? What? When was uh? Was it a barn find? It was. It was a barn find. No, it was. It wasn't. It was completely trashed in a junkyard. 
He said he's Holy seen shit. So the story is he was going through this junkyard looking for something for a different project he had and mm. seen the headlight. And I was like, man, what is that? Right. And, you know, started uncovering this car. And that's what it was. Wow, dude. That's so, a wow. fucking he's amazing had it story. Like, it's been in re- it's been been in restoration for like 10 years. Yeah, it's not easy uh, to restore the car because of the no, parts. No. So every part had to be handmade. Right. Um, and it was all done by a somebody who knows how to properly restore these things. Right. Because I know you, you're in the stuff, you know, there's grading and all that stuff. Oh yes. Um, and then there's only a certain amount of, te- like for the 917, the same thing. There's only actually two living techs right now, right. two living techs. And one is, he's like, I think he's in his 80, almost 90 years old. So that guy's going to go and he's been training his son to do the work that he's been doing. So it's, it's, I get it. It's, it's right. and I'm sure. I mean, he probably has 2 million in the, in the resto. I mean, I'm right. sure. Wow. That's amazing, dude. That's that's an amazing, amazing find. Especially at a junkyard. I'm surprised the people right. at the junkyard weren't like, oh. Like, yeah, like, how would they not know? Yeah, well, some of them, you have to understand, some of the people that work at these places, they're not car they're not car people. They're just, oh yeah, it's a piece of junk. Here you go. <laughs> which which is crazy. But that's just yeah. like uh and do you remember motor, everything was intact. Everything, everything was there. Holy shit. So it wasn't just the body. No, it so wasn't he, just the body, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it'd be it'd be amazing to. Uh, I mean, I know that the Ford, the GT40s, the original GT40s, they uh, they go in that price tag. I mean, they go in that price range. Well, they can go from upwards to five, like the Daytona coupes. Those are in the fives. Um, and depending on the amount of race hours that they had, the drivers that drove them, that's kind of what dictates whether it's a higher price car or a lower price car. Yeah, they're estimated. The estimated value on this one's fifteen to twenty million. That's ridiculous. Sick. <laughs> it's up there. It's up there with the three that won Le Mans. It's, right. up, it's up there with the price of those. Right. Yeah. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of replacement cars that basically fit in that category as well. That are not worth five, but they're in the you know they're close to a million just because it's an actual authentic uh, GT40 replacement uh, car, right. which is just ridiculous. Uh, cool, man. So let's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna switch over here. We're gonna go to the next question. So you. Uh, you had asked me um, where. Actually, no. This was my question for you. Uh, where your car love and passion started. And oh wait, no. Hold on. Wait. We're skipping over something. So I forgot to ask you. So, the decision to kind of get into the automotive modification world. You kind of told me. I mean, since you were growing up. What was there anything special? Like, was your dad also into into obviously cars and high performance cars? So my dad wasn't really. But like I said, I have a lot of uncles. Um, like yeah, my they, family, they we had, man, we had like, I think I have started out with 15 aunts and uncles. Nice. Um, so there's a lot of big family. <laughs> yeah, it's a big family. So, uh, you know, I had at least six aunts and uncles that raced. Um, so when I was really, really little, I got to go to the track. My dad yeah. would take me to the track and watch him race. Nice. Uh, but I didn't really get into cars like really hardcore until I was a little bit older. And I had a cousin uh, who was a little bit older than me that had a camaro that we took to the drag strip uh he let me drive it on the drag strip when i was like 13 years old and i was hooked like they got me wrong like i liked cars before that but i wasn't like into like oh well i need to get a car i need to modify it fast until i got to drive this camaro and then it was you know it was all over from there the 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 adrenaline spike hit you and that was it it was you Yeah, yeah absolutely that's usually what, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, people, it's funny because some people don't understand. I remember in high school, man, I had this, uh, you know, people always knew that I was a car guy, a huge car guy and all this stuff. I was this fucking dumb bitch. I was like, um, 
you know, I don't even know how we got into the conversation, but she's like, oh, you'll grow out of it. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? Grow out of what? Like, this is part of my life. Like, what are you talking about? Right. And the, and the bitch was like, a, yeah, she was like a crazy, you know, one of these back in the 90s, you know, Britney Spears, she was crazy about it. She was obsessed literally with Britney Spears. <laughs> and so I said, hey, let me ask you a question. Are you ever going to get over Britney Spears? She's like, no, how could you say that? I'm like, exactly. So shut the fuck up. So <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's a passion. It's a, people that have a, that real passion. It's, it's a part of your life. It's not something that you're right. doing for one specific reason. It's just something that. You know, it, it's just and now, dude, I think that we're living in probably the most interesting time as far as all cars, like the entire industry, because we're getting close to this point where I remember watching Top Gear uh, around eight years ago when they were still, you know, they were still not the Grand Tour and all this stuff. And Jeremy Clarkson was talking about like, oh, you know, it was one of the Vantage, the last Vantage that, asked, you know, the last V12s that uh, Aston Martin was going to put in their Vantage. And, and he was like scared. He was like, well, not scared, but he was worried that, hey, this might be the last naturally aspirated V12 we're ever going to see, that the world's going to see. And you know what, man? We've kind of pushed back, which I'm glad. The manufacturers have pushed back and said, no, 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 no. Like, we're going to adapt. We're going to do hybrids, like with, you know, small electric motors that will kind of, and it actually turned out for the best because the electric motors that they installed in the P1, the 918, the LaFerrari, and the newer cars that are coming out, all they're doing is eliminating that little bit of, of, of lag, turbo lag that some of these cars might have. Right. So, or, or even just giving you instant, instant torque and power. So it turned out for the best. I think that I mean, we were, I don't know if you were like this, but I remember when I found out that the LaFerrari, the P1 and the 918 were all going to be hybrids. I'm like, this is so stupid. Why are they doing this? And then I had to understand, like, wait a minute, there's regulators, there's governments that are pushing these cars to get a certain amount of gas mileage. Right. Uh, miles per miles per the gallon before they can be uh, okay to sell. So I said, you know, I get it. This is the manufacturers that are just trying to adapt to the new rules that are being. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know how the GT500 got around that because that, that thing was horrible, horrible. Horrible gas mileage. <laughs> that thing was the worst car I've ever had on gas. Actually, I take that back. My IROC was, yeah. but I was a big block and blower. But this thing for a modern car, garbage. What was like fifteen? Not 20? even. And even on the highway, on the highway, on the highway, <laughs> it was it was horrible, man. But with the eight-speed transmission, seriously, it's seven-speed. But yeah, oh, seven. I'm sorry, I thought yeah, it was seven-speed. Uh, the the Corvette's got the eight-speed. Oh, that's right. But uh, yeah, the the seven-speed. Even with the seven-speed, it just it, cruising through town, you'd get if you're a lucky twelve. Twelve. Mm. You know, but that's strange because they have so much uh, the technology with um, the cam timing the cam timing systems that they've developed. Uh, you'd figure. Like I know with the Z06, the C7, um, they have a, I think it's about, if you're under 3,500 RPM, it might be 3,500, I think it's 30, from 3,500 RPM, the, the, it's got, uh, I forgot the name of the system, it's a, uh, it's a, it's basically cuts off fuel to four of the cylinders. Right. Um, so. Cylinder deactivation. I, right, that's right. Cylinder deactivation. displacement on demand. Yeah. So the Ford, the Ford has it, right? Ford, the Shelby had it, didn't it? No. no. Oh, it doesn't. Okay. Oh, so it's it doesn't have anything like that it doesn't um doesn't have anything but and the reason being uh is because with the power that they wanted to make they had to lower the compression right and a lower compression motor is the reason why they you know got horrible fuel yeah horrible gas mileage yeah i mean there, there's a lot of tech that's going into especially i think that one actually that's something i had to ask you um for example like with the c6 and the c7 they have direct fuel injection. Does the dude does the Shelby C500 direct fuel injection? No. 
It doesn't. I think that's something that they're going to have to probably adapt to because now, that. Will so the GT, them. the Mustang GTs have. Uh, yeah, the GTs have it. Have it, but right. yeah, no, the they didn't do it on the Shelby's, and I can understand why. Just because they knew that people were going to modify it, and you know that's the limiting factor on all these LT1 motors, uh, the LT series of motors in general, mm-hmm. is just the fact that their fuel systems are so expensive. So people will modify them until it comes to having to do the fuel system, right. because you're looking to do a proper fuel system on one five to seven thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's that's like what you would put on a race car. So that's that that is a lot of money. Yeah, it's got to, it's got to, I think that Ford, I'll tell you this, uh, not to talk shit about Ford, because I've obviously, I've never been a Ford or Chevy guy, I love both, but I, I think Ford is really slacking a lot in, I don't know what they're doing, I think that they're kind of freaking out, especially now with the, well, maybe not, because they obviously, the Mustang has, it sells so much, but I think that they better, they better come up with a solution to try to make a, a product, a car that's going to compete with the CA, and I don't think that they have anything up their sleeve at this point. Um, to compete with the the, the, the base C8, the, the GT500 competes with a fine. In a straight line, it's faster, road course. So it depends on the road course. Um, on a small, like no straightaways, you know, very intricate course, mm-hmm. the C8 shines. You know, it's, it is better at that. Right. Um, but when you go on any kind of bigger course, I mean, the GT500 just shines and it, it just destroys it. I don't know. I know. But what I'm saying is that they need to come up with a supercar platform that can oh, be okay. attainable for the masses. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that they need to really, because it's a big difference. It's a big difference. I really difference. don't think they have any interest in it. I, I know. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they, well, they obviously they have the 4GT, which is that, but that's not attainable. That's, you know, right well, now a used 4G, like a, a, a secondhand 4G, 4GT is like a million, million two, million one. If you can so, find them that low, that's pretty cheap. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, the Heritage one is, uh, I think, beyond 1.3, 1.4, and those are rare anyways. So, but, right. you know, I don't know. Like, they have to, I like you said, I don't think they care, but I think that they need to start caring because the C8, man, really has exploded um, and, and really put some waves in the supercar world. Um, yeah, I think uh, the reason why the C8 exploded so, well, so much is just because it is such a radical platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Corvette just has, I mean, right. everybody growing up, seeing a Corvette on the street, and I was Modern. like, that, that's my dream car. Yeah. You know, yeah. it looks like a supercar. Yeah. Um, and it's a supercar that can be easily purchased. Right. Um, I mean, you can buy one for, what, 60000 Yeah. You can get it for sixty grand. I mean, that's bare, bare, bare base, but you can get one for sixty grand. Right. And, I mean, granted, on the, the, a base C8 doesn't have nearly the options that, like, a, the base GT500 has. Right. But you're still getting a whole lot. You're getting a C8 for yeah. $60,000. Yeah. So you're I mean, getting a mid-engine platform see, car. Yeah, you're getting a supercar really yeah. for sixty thousand dollars. I can see the appeal in it, but I don't see. You know, I think Corvette will have that market covered. I don't right. think Ford. There's not enough money in that market for Ford to get into it. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I I'll tell you. I, I if I was working at Ford and I was one of these guys at the, you know, the decision-making departments, I would tell them, hey, look, guys, you know, we we should do. We, we have our, you know, and I get it. They have the F-150, which is their biggest. I mean, the F-150 still is their bread and butter. Uh, the Mustang, even though it's a performance car, is part of their bread and butter. But they need, I, in my opinion, I, because they have the engineering. I mean, look, they did the 4GT. And I don't, I had a lot of pushback with the 4GT because I, I love the way that, everything about it is amazing except one thing, the V6, the EcoBoost. Now, I understand why they did the EcoBoost. I understand why they went with that platform, but they, dude, they have the they have the R and D money that they could have done just a small and uh, a V eight and just as a, a lightweight, uh, you know, uh, 
racing motor that could have been put into that platform. And they just didn't do it. Um, I get why they didn't do it, but I think that they need to, I don't know. I, it might be, and I think they really need to come up with something that can at least something that would be that, uh, 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 cause it really, it's either them or I don't think Dodge, like Dodge, I don't think is ever going to come up with anything. Yeah, they just build big bulky cars. They don't right. care about building something light and right. weight. Um, and Dodge I mean, is owned by. The thing about the V6 is you would think, so being a V6, you'd think the car would sound like crap. But oh, being no, no, down there in Miami, really I know you've heard a lot. I mean, even yeah. like the first one, I actually, I, I actually got to sit in. I broke some drag time down there from Miami where you're at. And right. uh, I actually met him when I first got to Florida. We raced my GT500 versus Ford GT. And, you know, that car sounded amazing. Like for yeah, yeah. a V6, you would never expect a car to sound like that. Right. No, no, it, it sounds, um, I've heard, I mean, I've heard plenty of them. They do sound really, I mean, it doesn't sound like V6. It sounds like a growly, almost like a, almost, you could say that it, 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 it gets close to that growly, like a small block V8, kind of, you know? Yeah, but I would have. It, it's missing just that little bit, you know, it's missing that, it's, I think it's just missing those two cylinders. And it, it'd be nice to, it, I, I think that Ford should some way, some, somehow, come up with a formula they have plenty. like for example what they did with the um they supposedly brought back the the fastback but they didn't it's just a fucking it's just a gt with some body kit like body kit parts on it um they they rebranded the the 50 as a fastback and it's not it's not a fucking fastback at all it's it's a piece of garbage that's just rebranded and they're charging like 20,000 i think it's 25 30,000 on top of the the regular 50 or or even a Shelby GT350 I, mean, I haven't heard anything about this. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I was like, well, I was like, oh, Ford's coming out with a fastback, and immediately went on Google and, and I looked at. It, I'm like, this is not a fucking fastback. Like, this is a joke. So I I think that I don't know. They're they're kind of losing some traction, and I think they really better get with it because, like I said, Chevy with the C8, I salute them for that what they did. Uh, now the Z06 is going to come out next year. That's going to be groundbreaking, and then you're going to have the Z01, which will hopefully finally be called the Zora, and that'll uh, be. I'll let um, it be known right now. I actually I have a deposit on the a local dealership's first allocation for the C eight Z O six. So oh, you do? I awesome. do, yes. Okay. So that'll so, probably be if it I mean they haven't even actually announced a release, haven't announced they're even right. doing one. Um but if they do, I have a you know a deposit on one. So awesome. You know So what what you'll do is if you get the Z O six then the perfect ratio, you're gonna have you're gonna have to get someone to race your C eight against your C six. That'll be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that the C8, that won't be a very fair comparison. <laughs> it won't, but it'll be awesome uh, to see the C6 just destroy it. But I do have a friend who had just, he just bought a 2020 GT500. Okay. And he uh, is planning on keeping it mostly stock. So, I mean, that should be, that'd be probably the first race I'd do with it. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. That'd be I mean, that'd be a good race. I haven't seen too many people do that. Well, um, like right now, the, I mean, the GT500, if you do a C8 versus GT500 and from a roll, it, it's just not even a comparison car. What are we talking about? I, I haven't seen too many videos. Like a one car, maybe maybe half a car length, a car, car mm -hmm. and a half? No, you're talking like two, three cars. Bus lengths. Bus lengths. Really? It's, it's such an insane amount of difference between a stock GT500 from a roll. Right. From, so like zero to 60, the C8 wins all day long. Right. It's because that mid-engine design, weight over the right. rear tires, yeah, um, and it's, it's lightweight. You know, right. it's it's it does zero to sixty really well. But if you're doing, uh, let's say like a fifty to hundred and fifty mile an hour, 
which is what most of these street roles are, right. you know, they, it's bus links. It's such a big deal. That's a big difference. That's a huge. Well, I mean, it, it's a boosted B8. I mean, it's, but again, the C8 weighs less. So it's a, it's a nice comparison. It's a nice, you know, battle. I mean, it's a 500 horsepower, 30, what, 3,500 pound car. Yeah. 30, yeah. And it maybe closer to 3,300. I'm not sure. Well, the, C, um, the C8 is, yeah, it's closer. It's a little bit less than 35. It's around that 3,300, uh, around 3,300. So it's a nice weight. You know, it's, it's, it's close right. to that 3,000 mark. And the 3,000 mark, I think, is, that's why I think the C six zero six was such, and the C six platform was such an amazing platform because of its weight. Yeah, this thing weighs like this thing weighs like thirty three hundred pounds as it sits. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, here I'm gonna go to the next question. So we were. Uh, so yeah, we kind of. I mean, we kind of went over it. You know, wh where your car love and passion came from. Your, you know, your family, your big family, and and your uncles and stuff kind of you know brought you to the racetrack. So that's how you kind of got into it. I think most of us, we we follow that same type of uh, situation. Um, I'm going to go to the one that the second question you asked me. So who's the closest person you've had on the podcast? Well, that uh, I've had some pretty awesome people on here, but I have to say that that one of the I mean, the milestones for me, which was my first guest, uh, uh, the, the stake from from Top Gear was just I mean, that was just I mean, we all grew up, uh, you know, I watched Top Gear my whole life and and to have. You know, he was, he was, remember, there was a couple of different stakes uh, throughout the times right. from the beginning of the show. There was, in the beginning, they had the one that was wearing the black race suit, and then they switched to the white race suit. Um, and they had several race car drivers. That was the whole appeal that nobody ever really knew who the stake was, so it could really be any race car driver. They had rally drivers. They had Formula One drivers. I think at, um, at one point, I don't know how too much they used him, but I know they had Michael Schumacher as the stake, yep. you know. Um, but Paul, Paul Gerard was the guy, uh, who I, I interviewed and it was just, he was on there for eight years. Uh, it was just, uh, I mean, literally an honor. And the guy was so, I mean, he was like me and you right now, just talking shit, just totally grounded, super cool, man. Total, total gearhead. Obviously has had one of the most amazing jobs that we all wish we could have, you know? Um, I asked him how hard it was. That's usually the question he gets. How hard was it to actually qualify? And he said that it was no joke. You know, it was no joke. He he was facing some very competitive uh, drivers. Um, a lot of them wanted this 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 position, this job. And uh, you know, he was just the guy that that made. I mean, he was the guy that was very super dedicated. It's funny because when you talk to him, I didn't know this obviously, but um, before speaking to him, but he actually was supposed to. His goal was to race Formula One, like okay. most of us. You know, I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Formula One race car driver as well, but. He told me, he's like, you know, I just, in his opinion, he said he wasn't de dedicated enough. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I was like, come on. He's like, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I, I see it that if I would have given it just that much 20% more, there could have been a chance. And, and something that I've always uh, looked into in Formula One is that you really have to, it doesn't matter how amazing, there are some amazing drivers out there, man, that are not even race car drivers, you know. Um, me coming from the street racing world, such as yourself and, and a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, dude, there's a lot of really, I mean, people that have the talent in their genes, in their blood, and they just, they don't have the access to it. They don't have all the money that you need to go professionally racing. For sure. Um, they don't, they don't have that opportunity. So he said, you know, this is something me and him talked about. He said, nope. He said, I can tell you that's not what it is. Uh, you just weren't de dedicated enough. You just didn't want it bad enough. I'm like, no, 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 no. Trust me, I wanted a battery. He's like, no, you didn't. You know, if you wanted a bad enough, you would have sold your, like, this is what he said. You would have sold your house. You would have sold this. You would have slept in your car. You would have, you would have had to, if you needed to sleep for one year outside the racetrack. And I'm like, mm, 
I kind of bumped heads with him a little bit there. I was like, I, I disagree. I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I think that there's a lot of people in the racing world, especially Formula One, who are there just because they have the money, not because they have the talent. Um, I personally have a couple of friends of mine that were in the karting world and they know people like that, that are in Formula One. Uh, you know, I think for stopping, not to bring him down at all. I'm not saying the kid doesn't have talent. We all know he's got talent. But now, uh, this is something I was talking to my friend about, which is really funny. I don't know how, I don't really follow Formula One. I haven't followed it for about eight years now, 10 years. When when they dropped the V8s, I said, I'm done. Like V6 twin turbos on Formula One, this is stupid. Um, and he explained to me the other day, he says that they, uh, because uh, Lewis Hamilton got uh, COVID. So because he got COVID, he's not allowed to be racing right now. So they put supposedly like a run of the mill guy just to, as a seat holder for his car. And that guy is doing times that almost not even uh, Lewis Hamilton was doing. So what does that tell you? It's the car. It's like 90% the car, 80% the car. Um, you know, to be a Formula One driver, I think the, the, the main thing that you need is obviously is stenema because that you do need and to hold all the G-forces. But if you have that, man, get behind the wheel of the Formula One, the car's going to do a, a shit ton of work for you. Oh, for sure. So and I, would agree, um, I would agree with you is uh, there's a lot of drivers that are there just because their daddy's rich. You know, they can yep. afford to be there. Yep. Um, but I would agree with him in the fact that if you really, really, really want it, like, dude, when I started my business, I did the same thing, man. I slept in my fucking car. Right. You know, I, you know, I put everything I had into starting my business and, you know, just because that's what I really, really wanted. You know, I didn't want to work for somebody else. I didn't want to make somebody else money. I wanted to make myself money. So, right. um, you know, I did the sacrifice for like, you know, six months. I, you know, I, I ended up, well, three, three months of that was, uh, you know, sleeping in my car. And then I went and, um, you know, I sacrificed. I just got a small apartment. I had a one bedroom apartment right. and, you know, barely I ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every freaking night just to make sure right. that I had what I needed to get my business rolling. Every Run bit of business. money that I yeah, every bit of money that I made in it, you know, I put right back into, I invested it back into the business. Lee, what, uh, just just so people know, what, what is your, I was going to ask you, your business, uh, just so everybody knows when they hear it, they can look you up. Um, right now, my biggest portion of my business is I do, I own a company called Media Stars. Uh, we do internet TV sales installs. We do whole home security, um, as well as like whole home automation. Um, we do sales and installs for that. Awesome. So basically, installing uh, like to, like uh, appliances, technology, TVs. Um, no, we do. We don't install like, any appliances. No, no TVs or anything like that. We do um, just like for home one, security. Oh wait, home security. We do that through ADT Brinks. Nice. Uh, we do uh, internet through like Frontier, Xfinity, um, any major brand you could think of. I have a contract with them, um, as, as well as TV service, Directv, Dish Network, all those. Awesome. Uh, and I do whole home automation. So, uh, like, let's say, you know, everything with your security system, you get everything on one thing, like all your lights, your TVs, right. your whole home being automated. Um, we do that as well. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's huge today. That's especially with smartphones, you know, having the ability to have the software and, and the applications to kind of join everything together and you could, you know, turn on your AC and control things in your house, like from China. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Very cool. 
Hey man, I, I give you, I give you, I, I give you a lot of credit. Uh, that's very hard. I, I, I'm also me and you, you know, in the same boat. We're we're both uh, business owners. I know how hard it could be. And I mean, I, I I understood what he meant by that, but it just, you know, like for example, like if I would have been born, or you, you know, any of us would have been born in a in a. I mean, it's crazy the amount of money you're talking about with Formula One. Formula One is. It's stupid is what it is, is the amount of money that goes into it. Like you're talking, you know, if you wanted to, like if me and you wanted to go into Formula One right now, right? Right. Just by paying ourselves weight, which you can do, like you can buy yourself into Formula One. You're talking about like, you need 50 million in the bank. Oh, wow. Like you need 50 million to, to seriously go, hey, you know what? I want to go racing for one year. You would need no less than 20 plus million dollars to put into just to go racing, not to be competitive. Not to win, just to show up there and be in a car. So, and and then you have the the pushback from the industry itself. That's very it's a very tight knit of people. You know these these oligarchs and Formula One people. And and I'm not saying that I want to talk shit about them, but a lot of them. Man, there's these people that they're very, they, they you know any newcomers anything like that. They want to just oh no no who the fuck are you? They're not very welcoming people. Um, it's a very tight knit group of people that are just, you know, they're in their little bubble circle and it's hard to break through that circle. But but you do have uh, teams like Hans uh, or Haas, excuse me, that that broke in and, and, and Red Bull. And so uh, the sport is changing, you know, and it, it's been constantly changing. Uh, one thing that I didn't like and I kind of have to swallow my my well, not my the shit that I was talking about it. But when they introduced that halo on the Formula One car, which is meant for protection. Mm hmm. I called it the vagina. I literally was like, oh, yeah, they sold the vagina for me more. Um, the, just uh, a couple of weeks back, there was this huge accident where this guy, if, he, if that wasn't there, I mean, his, he, he would have been cut in half. So oh, wow. I um, I get why it's there, and I, I understand that. And, and when accidents like this happen, we kind of learn, like, hey, look, it's a good thing that it was the heirs. Yes, I don't want anybody going to Formula One to go get it, get into an accident what they, they have to, you know, they, they die or, you know, get a hand removed from their body or anything like that. I get it. Or their head cut off or that. But the thing is that there was always an allure. Like, that's why I have, I, I talked to this with the Stig and, and we talked about how Formula One and even Le Mans um, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, even Can-Am, which is my fa favorite racing series, which is what the 917 is. It was a Can-Am car. There was a time, man, when racing was like, the, the safety technology in the car was a joke. These guys had the biggest balls. You know, they were, these were brave fucking badass. Just like, I mean, you could tell how passionate they were about going out there and being competitive. And I think the Formula One with this technology, with a safety technology, every year they would push, push, push for certain things. Um, I, I just see it kind of like a, I think it's too much, you know. I think it's a little too much. I think that there's there's supposed to be an element of danger to it because then, you know, when you put all the safety to it, it's like, ah, uh, you know, like what? It's starting to lose its its like, not its respect, but the respect that I had for the drivers is kind of like, yeah, well, you know, put me in the car too, I'll do it too. Like I'm not. It's kind of it's kind of like the NFL right now with all the yes. safety rules and all that stuff they have going. It just made football not nearly as as fun to watch. Yes. I totally agree. I mean, I get it. We don't want any of these guys like having brain hemorrhages just because they, you know, were doing football for 10 years. I get it. But there was plenty of guys that did do it when they were wearing leather helmets and they didn't have problems. But that's not to say that it, not everybody's going to be as lucky as them. So right. I get it. Like, I'll take my I'll kind of take my I'll, I'll take a step back. And I will say that 
the vagina, I get it. It 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 kind of it did serve its purpose, which is great. I'm glad that that guy didn't cut in half. But um, the mistake that the guy did, though, if you watch the footage, it's ridiculous. The guy, Lily, he he banked to the right. He shouldn't have banked to the right. There was a guy right next to him, and that he touched his wheel, and then that kind of shot him into the uh, straight into the wall. If you ask me, what should be done if you want to make things safer like that? In these crash points, like where they have uh, the, the hardest uh, turns, they should put like something that would, if a car does go into it, like uh, not have a, a piece of aluminum there. They should have something else there that would protect the car from, you know. Like a lot of both. these road course stuff, they have tires. and Exactly. That's, that's what I'm like saying. That. Yeah. But even that, sometimes tires, I mean, you're talking about, you know, these cars are doing 200 miles per hour. <laughs> a, oh, yeah. a tire. At 200 miles per hour, it's it's gonna it's gonna hurt, but at least it's not gonna kill you, and it's not gonna damage the uh, the car that much. But, anyways, so yeah, I'd say that that's probably one of the most interesting people. Um, but I've had I've had great guys. I've had people like such as yourself that are just diehard car guys. Um, but yeah, I'd have to say that's probably definitely that. I mean, that was just a milestone for me. I couldn't believe it. Like when I was talking to him, like, dude, I can't believe I'm talking to the fucking stick. Like this is crazy. But um. It was really cool to have him on. And for three hours, you know, we talked. And he actually taught me some stuff that I didn't know at all. He he told me that one of the reasons that these drivers back in the 70s and the 80s, who they were, which is something I did not know, a lot of these drivers that became race car drivers, uh, really good ones, were fighter jet pilots that had just come out of World War II. And they didn't – they had this need. Like they had done such crazy shit that nothing – that nothing meant that much to them anymore. Nothing could excite them that much anymore, you know? So they were like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go race cars. There you go. <laughs> so that's kind of, it, it kind of filled the gap that was there from all the other crazy shit that they had done in World War II, which is, I didn't know that. It was pretty amazing to, to find that out. I kind of go back on what you were saying about, you know, with me, they're talking to the Stig and everything. That was one of the things that, man, that GT500, uh, it afforded me... You know, Ken, I've, you know, I've known Ken for a while. So I started out with me getting to go down there and hang out with him. Um, even if it was just a two weeks, you know, I was like, this is sweet, you know, because right. in the, in the Mustang community is kind of a celebrity. And while I was down there, you know, I got the Brooks from Drag Times, uh, awesome. the TRC, TRC crew. Oh, uh, you got to meet them all then? Yeah. Like I got to meet the, the whole crew while I was down there. They did, uh, they invited me, like I got a private invite to their private track rental. Okay. Um, awesome. And I'm out there with all these like you know really rich guys and meeting all these other people with my you know GT500. Right. <laughs> and then while I was down there, um, that dude in blue. Are you familiar with him? That dude in blue. I don't think I've heard of him. No. He does. I mean, he's on YouTube. He's got like one point some million follow subscribers right. or something. Um, and he does car reviews. Uh, nice. You know, he just gets you know modded. And then it's not like he doesn't do the the stock car reviews. He does right. modified car reviews. Right. And so he reached out to me and uh, I, I stopped by and got to hang out with him for a day. Awesome. And uh, all, all my way back from Florida and then all my way back to, um, you know, I got to meet Stang Mode, uh, Demonology nice. and Mod to Fame, all YouTubers. Um, wow. Hung out with them. We all went to a track and uh, raced the cars against all our, our cars against each other. And... Uh, so that's an amazing experience. I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah really... it's just, it has been insane. Like all the, these big YouTubers that I, you know, never would have thought I would have met. And they, you know, I've, right. I've watched on YouTube, you know, growing, not growing up in the last couple of years. Right. And then, um, my most recent one, Street Speed 717. Oh, you got to meet him. Yeah. I went out and raced his, uh, ZR1, the blue ZR1. Oh shit. 
I got to watch all these, dude. I got to watch. I, I didn't even know you had done that. That's awesome. Yeah. So we, I went out. I went out, drove out to Pennsylvania, and raised his zero one. The only problem with that one is, uh, you know, in person, dude, that dude is the most humble person I've ever met in my life. Like for right. for being a well off guy, you know. Right. Um, he's, and he's fairly young. He's only late twenties. Like, yeah. Like he's like twenty seven years old, and he's super laid back. Bought me dinner and stuff. Like we hung, I ended up hanging out for like two days. That's awesome. And. Uh, but then when he made his video, you know, it was not even close to the what. Was it a different person? It was down. a completely different yeah, person. Oh, yeah, just because you know he was <laughs> modest and in person he was like, man, he's like, I've never been beat before. This car is definitely faster than my car. Blah blah blah. And then when he made the video, because like so, let's let's rewind a little bit. He okay. said he wanted to race, but he wanted to do a couple without the nitrous and a couple with it, just to show the difference right. what it would do with and without the nitrous. And normally, I don't give somebody a no nitrous pull. You know, you get right. the whole thing, or you yeah, bring, bring, bring race. race what we what you brought, right? Right. So, I mean, and he won the two races that we done without nitrous. Okay. And then it actually may have been two or three races. I don't remember, right. but I knew I knew I was going to lose. You know, I didn't. You know, I had no thought that I would ever ever win without the nitrous. Right. Um, and then when we raced with nitrous, we actually raced five times with it, and. I won four out of the five times. One time I spun real bad. Okay. And obviously, you know, spin an eight win. Right. Spin an eight win. And so, you know, I lost that one. And I took the loss. You know, I was like, cool. But he's like, damn, he's like, that fucker is fast. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, give me all these props. <laughs> and then when it came down, he made his video. He only posted, uh, I think, three of the nitrous passes, three or four of the nitrous passes, and then um, the, the two or three non-nitrous passes with that he won. Right. And he made it. He's like, oh, he's like, well, we both won the same amount of times. Uh, so oh, that's not cool. That's and then not he's cool. like, and one of them, it looked, he's like, I, I think I won that one. But he says he won. But what do you guys think? He's like, and then he, he claimed his title. He's like, I'm still the, still the king. You know, you, he didn't beat me. Uh, so that's, still the fastest mm, one. And I'm like, that's not like, cool. No, I was like, what happened to these other two races? Right. I mean, we're still cool. Like, I still talked to him and everything, but I was like, man, that's not cool. Like, that's not cool. He should have at least, like, he could have said that, but at least, I, in my opinion, I would have, I mean, I'm not that person. I'm, I'm exactly where you hear me right now talking to you. This is who I am. I don't, there's no difference between my podcast and no, 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 that's, that's bullshit. That's like two-faced stuff. But he could have at least, if he was going to do that, he could have at least put the two races where he won, you know? like I won, I won the four out of five. Right, well, that's I, what I'm I saying. Passes. Yeah, he should have put all those up there. He didn't. That's um, yeah. So. That's well, I think maybe, eh, you know, listen, maybe this podcast might be a little uh, little wake-up call. You know, we could tell, hey, you know, I did this podcast. I talked about what really happened. You know, yeah, you know, we could do something. Who knows? Whatever. You know, I thought about doing a whole YouTube video on it and because I have the other two races. Like, I could post right. them. Um, you know, I thought about doing a whole YouTube video on it and, like, I just have it. Well, because you have and, the like, videos, right? Yeah, I have the videos. Oh, I have dude, them. so what the fuck? Let's put them out like, there. I can put them out there. I just, man, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather keep it as, you know, cordial so that, you know, I can take I can take this thing out there and race it. Because he just he just upped the power. I don't know if you knew that or not. Right. Um, sent, it, sent his car back down to LMR and uh, upped the horsepower, built the transmission. So I'd like to get a race in with the, the C6 versus his C7. Right and see what happens there well i think i think this is what we should do if you're if you're going to do it that way i think this is what we should do in my in my in my uh my opinion if you do that this is what we should do you should film the c6 we should beat his fucking ass right and then when we beat him 
Then we'll put up, oh, and by the way, I didn't only beat you here. I also beat you here with my Shelby, which you didn't, you know, my Shelby's your father, you didn't put these videos. So I'm going to put them out all in a little combination video. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, Just we'll to kind of, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you have to, you know, listen, it's all in good fun. It's not like this is going to start a war, but I, I, right. I, I'm right. I don't think it's honest of him to do something like that. And if you're going to do something like that, he should have at least he should have at least told you, like, look, uh, I kind of for my for my audience, and I would tell him, look, if you if it's going to be like that, you know what? I, I I don't I'm not okay with that. I'm really not okay with it because that's not cool. You know, right? He should be. And honest. He even asked me. He was like, "Hey, what's your worst role?" And I was like, "Man, I was like probably a forty role." <laughs> yeah, forty. Forty second gear, first gear. Yeah, I mean, I was in second gear. And so it's still even in second gear, just it, it, from 40, it just blows the tires off. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, probably a 40 roll. So that's what we did. We did all 40 rolls, except for one. Uh, we did like a, I think we did, actually, no, I think it was 40 to 170. And that one, I just, at 140 to 150 mile an hour, the GT500 just walked that ZR1. It just, yeah, it walked. It, it, it walked right away. But that's surprising, dude, because the ZR1, his car's putting, what, 650, 700? Horsepower? Or eight nine hundred, yeah. Well, I don't even know what. No, powers. that car makes. So he claims it makes like nine hundred and something. Okay. Um, but that car actually. So I had other companies that also build the zero ones mm-hmm. uh, reach out to me on Instagram, and they said that that car was making every bit of a thousand fifty. So. Wow. Well, I'll tell you this because the zero one. I mean, again, with bolt-ons, and if you do a cam, I mean, I remember I I worked at uh, Redline Motorsports for a little bit, and I I really dove in deep with with you know chevy and and obviously the zero ones the c6s and uh it, i i mean there was a zero one that we had there that it i mean everything done to it exactly literally every single mod you could think of including a cam like a gigantic cam and yeah. that car barely i mean it, it got up there but it was at a, around a thousand horsepower and because of its weight the zero one which is right in between the c6 and the z06 it it actually weighs and that was one of the reasons why I've always said that the Z06 is actually a better buy. There's no point, unless you're a collector and you really want to say you have a Z01, there's no point in getting a Z01. Um, get a Z06, twin turbo the fuck out of it, or do a, an amazing, you know, a custom Whipple or even a Kenny Bell onto that, you know, or even, uh, I, I forgot the, I'm trying to think of who else. There was two other companies that Pro-Sager. made a uh, approach. Yeah, but the centrifugal stuff, I don't, I'm not too okay with just centrifugal chargers. They, I just don't like the way that they, make power and, and i'm not talking shit with pro charge or anything like that but i just i don't like the i, I don't i've never liked them I've, I've driven a couple of pro charge cars and i never there's something about them that they just if you're gonna get that type of charger you might as well just, i like that jet oh. sound they just sound awesome oh it sounds ridiculous sounds like a fucking yeah uh, but no his has you know big cam ported it had a big ported blower right um kong it had every bolt on you can think of and uh, everybody else, you know, like I said, reached out and said with the exact same mozzie he has, they're making thousand fifty. So he should have, he should have, because of the weight, man. I mean, you're I mean, that, the, that car weighs thirty eight hundred pounds. The ZR one, thirty seven, thirty eight hundred. Yeah, they're heavy. What? I thought they were thirty, like they were close to thirty three, especially yeah. with the carbon roof and. No, they're like thirty seven, thirty eight hundred pounds. Dude, that's. I thought. I okay. I. I really thought that they were a lot less because your your Shelby was four forty one, right? Forty four thousand. Uh, originally it was forty two hundred pounds, yeah. um, but I put a couple of lightweight stuff on there, like the wheels. Okay. Man, the wheels I had on there dropped a lot of weight. Yeah, of course. Uh, so it, it, it probably dropped about a hundred pounds total okay. on the car. So the forty one hundred, let's say, and then with you back in there, pounds. 
Yeah, so with you back in there, like another hundred pounds and something, whatever. Yeah, no, so, I weigh like I weigh like two fifty, but yeah. Oh shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but, obviously, uh, you brought weight out of the car. Well, yeah, and honestly, what's crazy is with me in the car. I think I, I weighed it because um, I was in a class. You had to weigh at least forty two hundred pounds, and they weigh you. Mm-hmm. And with me in the car, it weighed like just shy of forty three hundred. Okay. So you, yeah, it's a it's a good run. I mean, and and as far as the gears, uh, I mean, it's it's not an automatic. It's not like you turn into an automatic. It's still a manual car, right? Six feet. No, his is an automatic. Also, oh, he went crazy with the car. Yeah, his is an automatic. So, uh, oh, wow. And it's factory. It had a factory auto in it, and that was the biggest deal. The reason why my car pulled so well uh, above like one forty, one fifty is just because of gearing. Like I was still, mm-hmm. I was still in a driving gear. I think he was, I think he was too. But like my one to one isn't really one to one. It's like a one point one to one, one something like that. Right. So I like he's in like an actual overdrive gear where I'm in like uh, I'm still doing pulling pretty hard. Right. And yeah, it, I mean, because maybe... my car revs out, you know, eighty five hundred RPM, so I'm able to keep the the gears longer. Um, you know, do and I can do that better gear ratio just because I have the high revving motor. Right. But if he's got the can though, then he and I don't know. That's I mean, it should have should have been. A, I mean, I think it that's was why a good it was race. A like, honestly, the cars from let's say fifty to one hundred and forty, dude. It was whoever got the hit first. Yeah, like, legitimately, it was those cars were neck and neck. It, it was nobody was really pulling on anybody. The cars right. were close, close. But then, like I said, after one forty, it was it, like you see in the video. Like I can actually send it to you later on. Yeah, um, sure. Like my uh, my car just literally just started walking away. Maybe, I mean, uh, that sounds like maybe something going on with, maybe there was something going on with the fuel. You know, it looks like your car was on point. Maybe his car wasn't as on point. Because I'll tell you this, a lot of things that I've noticed, maybe you've, you've probably heard of this as well. But one of the things that I've always noticed is that there's two types of, there's two types of dynoing, right? Especially when it comes down to tuning, right? And, and there's two types of tuners. There's the guys that they swear on the dyno, everything gets done on the dyno, and when they're done, they do a foundation on the dyno, they do all the pulls on the dyno, they car, they get the car out of the dyno, and then they go to the street, and, and then they, you know, they, oh, yeah, you're making a thousand horsepower, you're making a thousand horsepower. Eh, that, what I've seen, uh, some of the best tuners on the on the face of the planet, uh, here in Miami and in Florida and throughout the world, there's two, there's two types of, of tuning that you do. You do the tuning on the dyno. You do the foundation, everything we just talked about. But then you take the car on the street, and then you go ahead and fill in the gaps of things that might be missing, fuel trims that might change, because it, now the car's just on, it's on its own load. It's a big difference. Things change. Right. Yeah, we actually so, – so with mine, that's one thing. Palm Beach Dyno, man, because like, they, they actually sponsor the GT500. Right. Um, you know, so Ken, every time I'd go to the track, you know, we like I said, I, I, spent, dude, I spent so much time on the dyno with that car just because every time right. I do something – and we, we progressed that car so freaking fast. Like, it was right. insane, like, how quickly that thing made as much power as it did. Right. Um, but, like, as soon as we get done on the dyno, like you said, like, we wouldn't do it on the street. We'd go to the track, and, you know, we would continue tuning it at the track. Right. That's the proper way of doing it. And a lot of people, so it could be, I'm not trying to give him any points or anything, but I'm just saying it could be that maybe his, maybe what he thinks. That's the other thing, man. I, I've seen this a lot. I've seen a lot of people that have money throw uh, the book at the car, right? They pick up the car. They've never been in a 900 horsepower car. They've never been in anything that's above maybe five or 550, 600. So what a lot of these companies will do is that they will actually tune the car and the car might on the dyno make 900, but they'll they'll go ahead and, you know, they'll break down the fuel trip. They, they might 
take some horsepower out of the car when they give it to the client. Client goes out, doesn't really race it. He might go race people and he might beat them by a little bit and, oh, yeah, I got 900 horsepower. Yeah, look, the only way to know for sure that you're pushing that amount of power, you go to the track, you dial on the car, and then you put the time and you look at the mile per hour and you look at your, your 60 foot. You know, you look at your time. That That's the true way of knowing, hey, this for sure my car is no joke putting down these numbers. Right. Um, a lot of people don't do that. And so I think that, I, I mean, I, I used to run into them all the time uh, with a Cobra and friends that had C606s and, oh, I'm pushing a thousand horsepower. I'm like, oh, yeah, really? Race this 700 horsepower car. And, dude, we would smoke them. And, oh, there's something wrong. I'm like, no, I don't think you're pushing 900 horsepower. And you think that you're pushing 900 horsepower, but you're not. Well, in his car, absolutely. So his car um, was running like a low nine on mm-hmm. a 20. On a 20. Yeah, so that... Mm-mm. That car is definitely making power. Right. Um, and I think he said, I, don't, I wouldn't say low nine, but not like a nine, I think it's what he said it was nine three, but it was right. trapping like 151, 152 mile an hour. Okay. So the car is definitely making the power then. Yeah, it's definitely making the power. But my car, um, we couldn't get a 60 foot. I don't know how much you know about the DCTs and the GT500. Uh, it's a big problem. Ass. It's a huge pain in the ass. We don't have any tuning on them right now. Right. Um, so if you get a one six sixty foot, you're doing damn good. Um, Ken just got his car. Fine, like he got his car to the track over the maybe yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was able to get a one five sixty foot, which is nice. phenomenal. It's insane <laughs> for these cars. Right. But like on that ZR one, you know, with a converter, that car is doing one three sixty foot. You know, that's right. you know that's a huge difference. You know, um, if you know anything about drag racing, that's I mean two tenths in huge. The sixty foot, and it's equivalent to three or four in a quarter mile. Right. So, but I mean, so my he, car is trapping one fifty four, one fifty five. Right. So mile per hour, you guys were close, but the and you guys were doing it was all pulls. But you didn't do any digs, right? No, we didn't do any digs. Yeah, because that wouldn't be fair. I mean, it wouldn't be fair to you, and you know, he'd have all the advantage on that one. Well, on a on a dig, honestly, I think I would have the advantage because he's still on a twenty. He's on an Archipoid R tire, and right. I'm on. A, I was on a Mickey Thompson ET Street R. Well, that's true. So, yeah. And but I remember, like, he's – but him having the automatic, it's like – but that's the other thing, dude. Are you sure? Because that ZR1s, I don't I don't believe ZR1s ever came with automatic. I thought yeah, ZR1s were Yep. The C7 ZR1 has an automatic option. Oh, it's a C7. I'm thinking C6, dude. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's got, got a C7 ZR1. Okay, yeah, yeah. The ZR1, yeah, yeah. The C7, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. Okay, so you know, that's why – okay, so that's why when you said the weight, that's why I was like, wait, wait, wait. I, I was thinking of C6 for whatever reason. I, I, yeah, I got no, you no. now. C7-01, so it's like 3,700 okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. And it's got a 26 – I mean, it's got the – this is another reason why I know he's making more power than he says because so we have the same blower. It's 2650. Mm-hmm. At least the same rotor pack anyways. Different right. different blower setup, but uh, – and it's a Kong-ported blower. You know, he had all the bells and whistles with a cam and all that. Right. But he said even – he was making 23, 24 pounds of boost. Okay. My car – and he has a – that's a 6.2, right? Right. So my car was only making 21 pounds of boost, 21, 22, and uh, it's only a 5.2, and it's the same size blower. So yeah, that doesn't know, make any sense. It doesn't make any sense why I would be making less or more. Why, why, why I would make more power than he was. Right. Right. For sure. I mean, so, you could. Well, uh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense as far as I mean, the science is there, the numbers are there, and so it doesn't doesn't really match up. That's for sure. Well, we'll, uh, we'll 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 figure out what we could do because that'll be that'll be obviously with with this now that you're building and it, it's going to be pretty uh pretty awesome to. <laughs> I think you're going to get them nasty. If anything, you're going to probably get beat them by a lot more because your weight now you're you're five or four hundred pounds less. 
Oh, no, this thing weighs like 900 pounds less. Yeah, in fact, that's a big difference. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right, right. So that's a huge difference. Um, I mean, 900 pounds, that's that's huge. That's That could be bus links all day long. So that'll be awesome. Well, he said he just had a built motor and supposedly making like another extra, extra 150 horsepower too. So. Yeah, but 900 pounds, that's, <laughs> that's, a big that's still not, it's a, yeah, that's not going to help him out. Cool I'm then. getting really cold. I'm actually going to pause this real quick. We're gonna go oh, inside. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you can go inside. No problem, man. I don't want you to freeze cold. to death. Wow. The sun went away and uh, <laughs> You're like, oh, it's shit. really cloudy and windy right now. So I got you. Not a problem. <clears throat> I like your next question to me. So it's uh, obviously favorite cars you've driven, owned, and why. Yep, I can hear you. Okay. So, uh, yeah, man, that's a great question. So, favorite cars, man, that I've driven. I'd have to say, it's a nice little list of that. I'm going to, let me see. Well, one of the most iconic cars I've ever driven was a Ferrari F40, which was, like, that was a pretty special thing. Um, I had a, a friend of mine who had a nice little car collection of cars this is one of the cars he had got earlier on before they went into the million dollar price tag and uh it was nice it was it was an experience to drive that car i didn't get to really go crazy with it or anything like that but i got to just kind of move it around take it down the street go through the gears and it's a very very special car um you know I, i'm a huge ferrari guy i mean i love ferrari i'm have italian so it's kind of i'm a little bit biased but it's just i think anybody who's anybody looks at that car and just loves the car it's 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 one of those very special supercars that you know kind of paved the road for supercars in general and and um and still today is is just a badass badass car uh it's pretty crazy because something you don't really notice i mean you could look up pictures but you don't really notice it when you open the door on that thing the entire car it's not carbon fiber it's kevlar so it's nice to see that uh, you know that that uh with carbon fiber obviously it's always like a black and a gray kevlar is like a yellowish color right. and and that's right away you know you look oh shit that's kevlar it was nice to see that uh the roof panel obviously is is i mean it looks so cheap and they did it obviously because it, it didn't weigh anything but the 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 headliner is made out of this very cheap looking white um it's like a, uh, you know, remember that that like uh, pleather type of material that looked like it had holes to breathe? Yeah, they yeah. used in, I, I'm trying to figure out a car that they, that was used in, but it wasn't used in cheaper cars. And they used that, again, because of the weight. Uh, so that was kind of funny to watch that. The weirdest part of the car is the steering wheel. It it uh, This was still back in, you know, when Ferrari was still had what's called, the they make fun of it, but the UPS style, like uh, steering wheel. Yeah. Um, the, the, the column, the steering column, the way that you sit, it's it's almost like a truck, and it's it's very strange. You have to kind of get used to that, but you get used to it right away. I mean, it's not like it's a problem. It's kind of in front of you, and it goes up. Um, besides that, man, the clutch, everything is is just like you, you would have it on any supercar. It's a, it's a very analog car. Uh, it's got a lot of good power. It's got a good power range. It takes a little bit for the turbos to spool up, but once around 3,000 plus uh, RPM, they start spooling up, and around four grand, they kick in, and you know, it kicks you, kicks you in the butt a little bit, and, and you start moving, and it's a super fun car. Um, I've driven four five eights, forty eights, Lamborghini Huracans, Gallardos, the Aventador, 
I haven't been able to drive any of the hypercars, the LaFerrari, the P1. I sat in a LaFerrari, but I haven't been able to drive a LaFerrari, a P1 or 918. That's kind of what I'm – hopefully maybe this year I'll get uh, some chances to do that, and that'll be nice. And, um, you know, some of the tuner stuff that I had, I uh, I drove a 1,000-horsepower Supra, uh, one of my friend's Supras, which was super fun, uh, Gen 5 Supra. Um, it was funny. He was kind of terrified of the car, and he 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 wasn't really driving it. He, he had a thousand horsepower, close to a thousand horsepower, and every every time he would drive it, since he didn't do the he never did the cam in that car, the cams uh, the car only had a little bit to work with. It had a big turbo. It would barely spool up at like five, not even like fifty eight hundred. Like you'd have to rev that thing to at least nine to make power, and he didn't have the cam, so. The problem was he'd make power for maybe 1500, 1500 RPM and then the car, you'd have to switch gears and he would barely get into it. So, uh, it's funny. He's, uh, we were talking shit one day and he knew that I could drive cars. Like he knew some of the shit, crazy shit that he had seen me do in my cars, but I had never driven his car and he was a little drunk. He's like, Hey, you know, man, you're always talking about, you know, your Cobra. Yeah, but you've never driven Superman. You never, I'm like, well, you never let me fucking drive it, bitch. You know, like you're always picky about that shit. So um, well, let's go drive it right now. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go, dude. And I, I mean, I we, you know, I drove the shit out of that thing, and he was, I mean, he came out of that car white, and uh, he was, uh, he's like, dude, how did you do that? What the fuck? I'm like, I didn't do anything, dude. I drove the car. Like, you don't drive the car, you know, and you don't, you never really learned how to drive the car properly. So after that, he did the cams, and at least he made a little more power, uh, had a bigger power range. Um, the Aventador. I didn't know, I didn't know uh, any of the Mark Fives had what. What's that? that? I don't know any of the Mark V Supras had uh, made it to that level yet. Yeah, I mean they're they're. I mean the thing is, man, that the new. I mean the new Supra dude to me, I I, I don't I don't I mean like everybody, I don't really consider that thing a Supra. It's it's a Z4, you know, BMW right. Z4. Um, I hate to say that, but that's I really wish the Toyota would have gone full out and made the FT1 concept that everybody like was like, holy shit, the Supra's finally coming back. Right. Um, they really dropped the ball on that. I think that they really fucked up. They, it's, but Toyota is just, and Toyota has so much money, man. They're a billion dollars, billion dollar company, and they couldn't even bring back the Supra like properly, like like what Nissan did with the GTR. Um, what? No, there's somebody else talking. Oh, okay. Um, so it's 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 uh it's it's kind of pathetic to me that Toyota couldn't do something properly like the FT1 concept. They should have done it. They didn't. Uh, obviously there's a lot of people that are, they, I knew that when they were going to get their hands on it, they were going to put a two JZ in it. There's a bunch of people that have done it. And, uh, the two JZ dude, even still 20 years later, it's still just an amazing platform for sure. Uh, for an engine, it just, it's, it, it still kicks ass, put a turbo, a, a properly set up turbo on that thing. And it'll just, it'll, it'll, it'll just go through the gears and fucking kick ass. It'll, it'll win races. So it's it's kind of sad. I mean, what they, they could have done so much. Like in my opinion, what they should have done was made a four liter, like a three JZ is what they should have done, right? Um, right. Which would have been just ridiculous. Yeah. A four liter twin turbo, six hundred horsepower from the factory, and then you know all you'd have to do is probably change out the turbos and make a thousand horsepower with some bolt-ons. And uh, they didn't do that. They they decided to go this other route. And I'm a huge BMW guy. I love BMWs. I've had um, actually that's some of the other cars I want to tell you. I'll send you some pictures of. I think I don't know. Did I send you a picture of that one of seven E36 M3 that I had? No. Yeah, I had a, a couple years back. It's been a. I hate to talk about it because I had to sell the car. And actually, to the guy that owned the F40, I sold it to him, and he was supposed to keep the car for a year. I was going through a you know hard time, and 
I, I was supposed to buy the car back from him and he ended up selling it to some asshole like two months later who turned it into a track car. Oh. And it's just, it just destroyed me, man. I was like, you turned a one of seven E36 M3 that's literally rarer than the LTWs into a fucking track car. Like you fucking, obviously the guy was an idiot. Um, worst part of that story was that it was at the shop that I was actually, uh, I, I was dealing a lot with the shop. It's a shop over here in uh, Miami. Very cool people. Uh, called TLM. They do a lot of track racing with Porsches and BMWs. And it was there. I was there. Uh, I was there uh, uh, talking to a friend of mine because we were going to set up some, uh, I was going to bring some clients to him to do some of the the cup, uh, 911 cup car racing that he does. And I see my car there and I'm like, well, it wasn't my car anymore, but I see the M3 and I'm like, fuck, like that's my car. Like what the fuck is it doing here? And he kind of looked at me and he didn't want to tell me. He's like, oh, it's a client and you know, he's in here. I'm like, dude, all you do is track racing. What is the car in here for? Well, you know, we're doing the head. I'm like, dude, don't fucking lie to me. Like, David, like, why is the car there? Well, you know, he's turning into a track car. And I'm like, oh, dude. So I, I actually told him, I'm like, look, give me the guy's number. I got to call this guy. And um, I called him up. I tried buying the car back from him. He's at, absolutely out of his mind. At that point, I didn't even know that the car had put, they had put the uh, E46 motor, which is like a newer version of the M3 motor um which is the s54 they put that motor already in it they had thrown the turbo because that car had a built motor and a single gt35r gtx 35r actually car was making 800 horsepower it was a fucking amazing car um and they threw all that shit out like it was garbage it just sold everything they sold the interior which is one of the reasons why it was a one of seven had a very specific uh very rare alcantara from the factory interior gray interior that had the inserts in the middle that was called the m cross stitch pattern and dude they just threw that shit out so they did all this stuff the guy basically removed all the stuff that made the car worth money and when i called them i'm like well what do you want for the car he's like oh well i want 50 grand like you're out of your fucking mind like what are you smoking like you destroyed the car and now you want more money for it like you no like you're crazy well what's your offer i'm like dude i i sold the car for 18 if you want i'll give you 20 like that's what it's it's not even worth that i have to put if i buy the car back I'm going to have to put at least another $20,000 to buy back all the shit that you sold. Oh, no, you're crazy. I'm like, okay, you know what, fuck you. So I haven't seen the car ever since. And, you know, he still races and stuff. And I, I actually just recently this year decided I'll contact him again, um, you know, to see if maybe he might be, uh, you know, maybe he might be selling it again for a little bit. Now he wants 70000 So I'm like, oh, all right, wow. you're crazy. So those are some of the cars. I mean, we could be here talking for two hours about that. I don't want to go crazy with it, but um, those are some of the cars. The F40 was amazing. It was a, it was really a just insane car. And the Aventador, I'll tell you this, Aventadors are super heavy, right? They're almost as much as your Shelby, 4,200 pounds. Oh, wow. But, dude, that thing pulls like a fucking freight train. Um, that V12, that 6.5 V12, it just... It pulls. I mean, I I couldn't believe how like how much it felt like a a nine hundred horsepower car. If that makes any sense. Hmm. So well, that they was seven hundred, don't they? Yeah, they make barely seven hundred. But the the way that it, it collects the speed and because of the mass of the car, I think it just feels like so much more. Um, very fun car to drive. Um, you know, it's an Aventador. It's it's a Lamborghini Aventador. Now, if you ask me, would I rather have the Hurricane? I think that I would prefer, yeah, like an underground 3,500 horsepower for sure all day long. I'd prefer the Hurricane because it's a it's a lighter car. Um, 
the four-wheel drive system on the car is a little bit different than the one that's on the Aventador. Uh, it, it's actually, it's pretty amazing because it's more rear-wheel drive bias. You could play around with the car a lot. You could put it sideways, drift it, you know, really kind of throw the car around more than you can in Aventador. Aventador is just like a tank that's right. stuck to the ground, and it's just, you know, it does what it does good, which is pull in a straight yeah, line. I have a buddy who just bought a van on Aventador. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, which one, like any specific one, like an SV or anything like that, or just no, right? I, I think it's just a base Aventador. Okay. There's yeah, a, there's, there's one. There's one that looks just like it though here in town. It's an NSV, and that thing is sick. Yeah, it's it's a they're they're really amazing cars. But for I'd say that most people that get into that car, it would it's a very daunting car. Um, when you get into it, you realize that you really got to know your dimensions in that car because it's so wide, um, and you sit so low that it's hard. You know, you do a lot of that reaching over to see the front end when you're trying to park. Not me, but I'm saying most people would. So it's, a, it's a car that I think takes a lot of getting used to too. Uh, to make sure that you know what you're doing in it. And there's a lot of people that obviously don't they don't do that. They just buy it to say, oh, I got to the door. Um, but, um, but yeah. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to go to the next question. So um, I think we kind of went over it, which was what type of activities do you use your high-performance cars besides, you know, quote-unquote, besides circuit racing, drag racing. Obviously, for you, it's mainly street racing and drag racing, right? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Okay. And you're going to be doing the same thing with, I mean, the, the C6 will be, I mean, you're, you're, are you going after any specific cars? Like with the 1200 horsepower, 1300 horsepower that you're going after? Not necessarily specific cars. So on, if you've been on my Instagram, I actually, uh, am trying to call out like all the fast, like self-proclaimed fastest YouTubers. Right. Uh, Which is and, awesome. And racing all of them. So that's, that's awesome. Plan. I think you should do a series. I think it'd be cool. Maybe we could, if that's something that I know we talked about for YouTube, we could maybe do a series where we go after everybody and just every single episode would be going after that that next YouTuber. I mean, we can do that, but it, it won't be until next year. Right. No, I got you. Actually, you just answered my next question. So, um, Lee, what type of time frame do you think you're looking at to finish the car? Be done. I'd like to have it in Texas 2K. Okay, cool. So you're going. So for sure you're going to Texas 2K. I mean, I can't say for sure because if the car doesn't get done. Right. right, right. If the car is done, for sure I'll be down there. Awesome. Cool. Um, I'm going to go over to the next question you asked me, which was uh, what made you want to be in the automotive sales market? Um, it kind of was what we talked about before. It was I was I was already in it. I just wasn't utilizing the context that I had. And I decided I'm like, look, one of the things that really drew me to it was getting involved with the owners, being able to meet the collectors because they have such amazing cars, getting to visit their collect collections and going there and talking shit with them, hanging out with them. Um, that's always a, a relationship building type of thing that I like. To, I very much enjoy as far as doing it for my company and doing it for myself. I um, mean, you get to meet amazing people like what you did with your Shelby. You know, you get to. I mean, if it wasn't for your Shelby when you had it, you probably would have never you would have never met any of the people you met. For sure. So it's a good it's a good uh, experience as far to, you know to do that. Um, and I think the other thing is also obviously I mean the money the money's important too. It's it's you can make some of these cars have really big commissions. Uh, you know the, uh, the the more rare cars like the the LaFerraris, the P1s, and the the 918 stuff like that. Some of the people out there, uh, me myself, it's it's a little hard to get to that point. But I'd say that you could make, if you're very successful at it, which really being successful is just having the right contacts because everything else is pretty much all, 
you know, if you're into it, most people can do. But you have to know how to talk to people. You have to be passionate about it. There's a lot of sales guys out there, you know, brokers that they don't know shit about cars. They just know Aventador, 450 grand. LaFerrari, $1 million. You know, they just know the pricing. Um, And I think it's kind of stupid. It should be a little bit more about just pricing. Um, It's, uh, it's, it's, and, and let me tell you, dude, I even had two years ago, I'll send you the link so you can check it out. I didn't have it on the, on the link I sent you. I even had access to a McLaren F1. Um, they were asking, I think it was 12 points. It was close to 13 million for that specific car. Uh, it was a car that had two owners. Uh, it was a pretty rare car. It was black with, uh, it wasn't beige. It was like a specific gray interior. I actually have video of that car, a proof of life video, which was pretty awesome. And I had somebody that when I got into the F1 world, sent me their McLaren F1, the LM, which I don't know if you know that car, but that's like the rarest formula, uh, the F1, McLaren F1. It's the rarest one. They only made five. Wow. Which is, that car is just ridiculous. But those people, again, they they were talking 30. They were almost talking 917 pricing. They wanted 30 million. And I'm like, okay, well, if I come across someone that has $200 million in the bank (laughs) and wants an LM, I'll give you a call. And dude, the guy was crazy. Like he, he, I, I, I asked him like, what exactly do you want for the car? He's like, well, I'm willing to consider, you know, 30, 30 million around 30 million. If you can get someone I'm like, what? He's like, I'm will- what do you mean you're willing to consider? Like if I bring you someone with, that's willing to give you 30 million, you're not going to sell. No, I'd have to think about it. I'm like, okay. Well, something like that. It's like, it's obviously his pride and joy. So it's oh, harder sure. to take somebody away from, from that than. You know, like me with this Corvette, like I'd sell it tomorrow. Somebody offered me the right amount of money. Right, for sure. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, a car like that, it's it's a one of a lifetime type of car. I get it, but you know, some of these guys, it's. And I asked them. I said, "Do you even drive a car?" He's like, "No, no, no, no. That, that car's sitting in a warehouse on a pedestal, you know, rotating platform." I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's a shame. That's right. I think something. I think that's the other thing that's changed with YouTube spells, especially with YouTubers now. Like you have guys like. Uh, from Daily Driven Exotics, um, what's his name, um, Damien? Mm-hmm. Um, they're all kind of changing the way that that people should be using these cars, you know, like Stradman. That, dude, do you know the Stradman got a fucking Bugatti now? Yeah, he's supposed to, he's supposed to race street speed. Bugatti no way. versus the Zero One, yeah. With the Bugatti? Yep. Oh, dude, I don't even have, like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, he just jumped from the, the Hurricane and there's Bugatti. I'm like, what the, what the fuck, like, what the? It's like, dude, we gotta. He's got a, to, he had an Aventador and yeah, he had the Aventador, he had the Hurricane. I mean, and then just all of a sudden Bugatti. I'm like, okay. How yeah, I, I watched that whole series. He was like, yeah, it's about time for me to get a, a real supercar. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, holy shit. I follow him as well. But it'd be cool. Yeah, we should definitely do something uh, where once you have the car ready, we could definitely reach out to all these guys and and, and do some pretty amazing videoing. I'd, I'd love to do do that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. I, uh, I mean, I'd like to. I just it's, some of these guys are just so hard to get a hold of. I know, I know. Well, I have access to not the you have access to the guy from that racing channel, but I have a good friend of mine who's building a crazy, crazy, crazy Fiat. I'll send you some pictures of it. Um, it's not what you think. It's it's a ridiculous Fiat from back in the seventies, but it's a insane car. Um, uh, he he knows a guy from thirteen twenty, so maybe we can get everybody together and do like this ridiculous, insane thing where we go to Texas, UK, and then. Go to all the different states. 
it'd be cool. I mean, the, the car is definitely going to kick ass. So Right. Yeah, I actually had uh, Fred and the guys from 1320 came to an event here and did a whole series on my car. Oh, they did? Yeah, on awesome. the, the GT500. Awesome. So then you know them already. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's, it's hard to get in contact with these guys. but um, I mean, it's not saying that I can reach out. I don't have his number or anything. So right, but I know who you are, you know? Yeah, I mean, he knows who I am. Right. And then the guy at uh, – I'm like actually – I talked to uh, Justin – from uh oh horsepower um horsepower obsessed no oh. no from uh stain killer oh stain okay he does all the the oh, what is it streetcar takeovers okay so i actually went to i think five five streetcar takeovers this summer nice they had that many oh he had more than that i didn't make it to all of them shit what do they do it every month uh he does about one a month yeah if not more shit Dude, we got to get in contact like with him. Two weeks or so. That'd be awesome. Well, I told you, I have the, the car event that I do down here in Miami. So we could definitely, once you have the car up and running, we could definitely do some really awesome, awesome stuff. I mean, down in Miami, that's a long drive. I know. I know, I know. But, you know, we could figure something out. Maybe we could, I mean, I'm trying to figure out some, uh, there's a girl that I had on. She's great. She She's into the rallying, like all the rallies that are going on in the country. So I told her that maybe we could you know, coordinate something where we would go, she'd come down here and then vice versa. We go up, you know, back to where she's from, which is Texas, um, which is pretty awesome. And she's doing some cool things uh, over there as well with this. She was this at the track of super America. So she was doing some, uh, she, she's coordinating some pretty cool stuff. And then there's a huge car show, which I'll invite you to as well, man. It's going to be at the end of this, obviously not this year, cause it's almost over, but next year. Um, so we have about a year to plan. Uh, it's going to be like a huge, huge event that we're trying to get, Pretty much everybody from all the states, car guys, car girls from all the states, and we're going to meet at this uh, in the middle over there by Chicago. Um, I got to get all the logistics and all that going. But uh, Chicago would work for me because that's like three and a half hours. Right. That's not that far from me. Exactly. Awesome, man. Well, I think we covered everything. We, 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 you know, we did pretty good. Two hours. That's a pretty good podcast. Um, I'm trying to see here. Last question that you had asked me. We kind of went over. It was. You know, will you be modifying uh, your cars, this, that, whatever? Obviously, we kind of went through that. So that's that was my next last question to you. Okay. So, yeah, man, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. It's been great. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, you, you, you have – well, I don't want to say good luck because, you you know, you, you already have a good platform. But I'm saying I, I hope that the build comes out exactly the way – do you have any plans at all to maybe change the turbos if they don't do exactly – like if they don't – you know, they're not as efficient as you want them to be? Um, so I'm actually, as a side gig, I have, I'm a dealer for comp turbo. So if it comes down to it, I mean, I won't have any problems up, you know, making the turbos bigger. The only problem is I don't want to have for, cause it's a street car. I really don't want to have any more lag because on the street, I won't be turning it up that much anyway. Right. Um, so I I don't see any real reason to go much bigger. The only reason I might go to like a billet ball bearing setup um, so I can get quicker spool times exactly um and right now i mean it still spools i mean 3500 rpm so that's not that bad that's pretty good yeah yeah that's uh, what i did with the um with my e my e36 uh what i had done was that when we we had to do a, a drivetrain transfer from the older e36 that i had because that had the built engine and put it into the new car we removed the uh all we did is just remove the impeller uh so that's why it went from a gt35r to a gtx because it had the billet impeller um, that by itself removed almost 800 RPM uh, from the RPM that I had before. So it, we cut 800, almost almost 1,000 RPM lower 
than what he used to spool. So it, it makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if I have to, I will. Um, I really don't plan on putting a lot of money into this car. Um, okay. I Next year, probably, I don't know, October, I want to get into like a twin turbo R8. Okay. Nice. So, that's, that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's my next level shit. Goal. So, I mean, I'm not going to be any like any of the 3,500 horsepower ones. It'd be, you know, 1,000, 1,200, something yeah. like that. Yeah, but even that is just ridiculous. That's sick. You know, it's amazing. That would be yeah. awesome. Are you yeah, right, so, I was going to ask you, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, because um, I just was thinking about something. The, uh, the tire setup you're going to go with the C6 is going to be similar to what you have in your Shelby? Uh, it'll be similar, yeah. So for okay. street use, it'll be a 17-inch rear um, with an ET Street R. Nice. Yeah, so you can make that thing hook. Yeah, so I mean, but on this track, I'll have a, I want to do a 15-inch conversion on it. I, I will put the money into that. Um, cool. And, it, you know, just to get it to really hook on the, on the track. The only thing, the problem is, man, these C6 Corvettes are, are they're just so expensive to modify. Yeah. Um, so if anything breaks, you know, drivetrain on the, on the driveline on these things is not the strongest. Right. Um, and they break pretty easy on the track, so. Right. Yeah, that, that yeah that's, that's why yeah most people that's why they like rolls They're like oh, i don't want to go to the track and break something <laughs> well and the thing is so like i i luckily um one of my sponsors from the gt500 rolled over into this project and lethal performance i'm not you familiar with them oh right? i know yeah lethal yeah they're here yeah, in florida J yeah jared down there in florida he uh he stayed on with this project so if anything really bad happens you know they've got my back and they'll help me out cool awesome man Awesome. Yeah, Lethal, they've been around for a while. I, I, they have, they're, they're great. They're, they're, they had some of the fastest uh, GT500s when they first came out. The, um, uh, oh, was it 06 Plus? They had, uh, they had that grab one that was, I think they went from eight to a thousand. I think that car, I don't even, do they have that car anymore? Um, I doubt it. They had, so they just broke the, the record for a Whipple uh, third gen. Nice. Um, they went, like when I was down there, actually, same when I was down there at the track, they went 850. I want to say in a stick car. Oh, no, so the 10R, 10R80, um, but dude, steel like stock everything, stock motors, yeah. Oh, yeah, everything. So yeah. that thing was is you know ridiculous. Right. But you know, I went. I honestly, I thought they were only in the Mustangs. I thought that's, that's the only thing they'd done was Mustangs. I think that's what they started with. And I think, yeah, and I'm sure that's what they started with because, like, I had no idea they did anything else. And then he was like, yeah, man. He's like, you want a rotating assembly? I'll get that for you. You want, you know, I was like, okay. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, you got to you gotta branch out. I mean, I believe that for a while, I think the first couple of years, they were very heavy because that's all I remember them for was, like, Shelby D500s, the 50s. You know, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that they did it. Like, you just told me that they did everything else, and I know that they probably had to expand. Yeah, I'm sure it's just the in the – it's not necessarily something there that's not their bread and butter. It's not something to go out. Right. And, you know, they're not trying to take the market or anything like that. It's just probably over time getting rubbing shoulders with all these different companies. I'm sure they just were like, Hey, you know, we can offer this. So exactly. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, Lee, I wish you, like I said, the, the, not the best of luck. I know things are going to be great, but you know, kind of, uh, I, I hope everything goes as planned and, and it's been great, man. We've been here two hours. Can't complain, man. That's a, that's a good podcast. Uh, we talked a lot about his stuff. You know, we covered a lot of great stuff. And yeah, let's see if uh, I'd love to see the video. Send me the video, um, and then maybe we can coordinate some other stuff. You know, maybe when you when you start taking the car to the dyno, we could we could do like a live podcast type of thing where we're there on the dyno with you. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. 
All right, man. Yeah, just reach out to me. We'll see what we can do. Cool. Okay, Lee. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it.